dimensional world which you inhabit can be bent to your will only when you enter the fifth dimension. Oh boy, fellow time travelers, do we have a treat for you. Adam Sen. Hey, well, hey welcome Nick. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It, it's uh, I didn't know you do it in a spaceship. Well, I can't say everything. There oh. has to be some element of surprise was I, when you're not supposed to say that. No, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's it's totally fine. Yeah. But I didn't want to tell you. Yeah, I'm completely surprised. I I thought I didn't know what I was getting at when I showed up in the parking lot uh in Trois Rivières, <laughs> but now we're in a side of a spaceship's hull. Exactly. Yeah. It uh it was quite expensive and laborious. Mm-hmm. to set this up, but I think it's all worth it. And it was all done for you. Is that the rocket fuel right over there? Is that safe? Uh, yes. Yeah. Totally safe. Okay. Totally cool. safe. Cool, cool. It has, um, uh, it's called less deaths than COVID. That is safe. That's a great marker of what's safe and what isn't, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Might as well start it up. Exactly. With a bang. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming, man. Oh, nice to see you, Adam Sand. It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a while. I haven't seen you. 12 months. Has it been 12 months? Has it been 12 months? It must have been some time after we did uh, Tuesday Tuesday night. We did Tuesday night, but didn't we do cool after? Wasn't it Mindy and then Tuesday night, then cool? Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. 100% right. Cool happened after. That was the last time I saw you. It was on cool. Yeah, we were... Uh, we're in the East End. And you were doing some behind the scenes? I was doing behind the scenes. A lot of good stuff. A lot of captivating content there. I just captured it. I, I just held the camera. I didn't do much. I would say that you were my muse. You treated me like your muse. Excellent. Especially when you fed me the biscuits after I did a good job. Yeah. Good yeah. boy. Yeah. Good exactly. boy, Adam. Exactly. All right. So why don't you tell the, uh, the, the Legion, the Galactic Federation of Time Travelers, who is Adam Sand? Uh, okay. So I'm a tall gray, came here from the planet Zeta Reticuli, got dropped off here with the dolphins. Um... For about 200 years, I was in the spiritual orbit of Earth, and then I transcended down to Earth, and I was birthed um, in 1987. Now I identify as a human, but before that, I was just a transient spirit, like everybody else, you know, going through the routine and rotation of um, being different, coming back to life as different. Reincarnation, reincarnation. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, so now I'm a 33-year-old male. Um brown hair, six foot four, human species. Again, I, I keep having to say that. And uh, it's important to, to know that we're human, right? And that we all have the feelings as humans and not of animals or gases. And uh, I am a comedian. I was a YouTuber back in the day. And now I uh, stream on Twitch, write comedy, write videos, write shows, try to pitch them, try to sell them all the while playing marbles with my good friends. Love marbles. Marbles. Yeah, love marbles. Okay, so maybe a little later we'll get into uh, marbles. Yeah. As uh, we as we grease the groove and move on into yeah. this podcast. Yeah, anytime. But I like what you said there, and that's a that's a very good intro. Is it? Excellent. Okay. I, I love the whole uh, left field of the the dolphin the dolphin thing. Left field. You mean the truth? Uh, yeah, but you know, as humans in their early state, yeah. in the primitive state that we are, yeah. The truths haven't yet been uncovered. Been uncovered, right? So they're they're relegated to the woo-woo realm of yeah, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. bro. But science, as you know, because you're a, a creature of the fifth dimension, yeah, has not yet fully documented the full capacity of this realm. Exactly. I've studied, like you, the uh, doctrines of Bob Clark and Paul Hellier and 
all of those guys who tell us the truth. Yes, the tr- it's all in the Akashic Records. Exactly. Everything that is. Just read the books. Yeah, come on, people. Yeah. Just read. And, but it's, and it's also great that you uh, reiterated that you were human because this galactic feed is going on to obviously trillions of humanoids and, and gaseous creatures and not just humans. So it's important for them to be able to visualize what the hell you are. I agree. I think after this is done, you should project this podcast into space. Didn't they? Didn't NASA do that with a Beatles song way back when? That's just like, like all we need is love is just playing into the depths of space, and it has been for like 20, 30 years. Yeah, I think there were a bunch of clips, and uh, there's art, music, the Beatles included, that is fed through like one of those big ass antennas. I think. Yeah. Like in the movie Contact. Exactly. It's just passing through the space-time continuum and whoever picks it up is like, whoa, exactly. what is this? With a bunch of math. Yeah. And it's like, this is who we are. And I don't know if, if it makes any sense, send us a message back. Mm-hmm. Did you see that movie, Contact? Of course. Jodie Foster, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a great movie. And Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it took me a while to see it. I was always like, this is, I was expecting aliens and stuff, but this is more of just uh, messaging with the unknown. Yeah, well, the third act gives us what we want. Yes, yes, it does. And that was super fucking cool. Yeah. But I uh, I thought that was a great movie, and I saw it recently. I, th- I saw it during the... Uh, For the first time? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it before. Yeah. And there's a lot of elements of that movie in Interstellar. Yes. I would say that uh, Contact is a more digestible form. Yes. You know, a little more uh, palatable to the... With, to the mainstream with audience? With more cohesive audio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems to be a Christopher Nolan thing, that he likes to create uh, chaos, or not chaos, but you, he's disrupting the senses because you can't focus. And perhaps that's like a fourth or fifth dimension uh, tactic that he's trying to yeah. use, because maybe you're not supposed to understand. Maybe, but also in real life, people muffle their words. You don't understand everybody 100% of the time, so faking it in Hollywood movies. Like you have to have some muffled sound here and there. If it's Bane's, I was born in the darkness. <laughs> or if it's, what is Matthew McConaughey saying through the uh, library study of his daughter's house? Like what, what I don't, you don't really hear it, but it's not, not important. The important thing is that he's saying something. It, exactly. Right? And maybe he's teaching us as the, you know, auteur director that he is, that not everything has to be literally understood, but there's more in the in the feeling and the the agony of trying to figure it out in the moment. Maybe like he is. Maybe yeah. like someone in the other. Do you, do you like seeing a movie where everything is explained and there's like a nice bow tie on top of the box where you're like okay, or do you like the ambiguity and having to interpret it a hundred different ways and play the guessing game over the test of time? I I really do enjoy the guessing game. Yeah. Um. I think there's a fine line, though, of too much guessing game mm-hmm. and not enough. For example, and also this goes with the audio, Christopher Nolan's uh, latest, Tenet. I haven't seen it yet. So you haven't seen it? Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to spoil anything then. So I, I hear it's, it's not digestible enough and that you're, you're half the time you're like, what the hell is going on? Okay, so if you heard that much, then I, then I have no problem sharing this. Yeah. But yeah, Interstellar... Um, Inception, whatever 
Christopher Nolan movie. Memento. Yeah, there's. <laughs> you can still follow along. You kind of know what it's where it's going, and and you know that later on you can sit on it and simmer on it, and and things will come to you, and mm-hmm. you and maybe on a second viewing you'll pick things up. But this one for me was, what the fuck is happening? Oh yeah, but did everyone look good? Everyone looked good. the The sound was he hit a new height of trying to fuck the audience up by not allowing them to hear anything. Cause a lot of the movie you can understand. Okay. So he, he leaned into whatever Christopher Nolan isms he's been developing and he's leaned in all the way. Uh, I did have a wonderful conversation with a friend of mine, Trin. Trinception. Trinception. Okay. About the movie right after. And he had a lot of really cool insight and it, and it showed that there's a lot that you can try to formulate from it. And as, as a piece of art, because that's what Christopher Nolan makes. I see it, he makes yeah. art that there's a lot to interpret afterwards so much because you really don't know what's happening. And the whole movie is just almost a symbol for something else that you have to figure out. But in all his other movies, at least there's some kind of thread. This one just was just on, on the extreme. I still, I still had a very enjoyable time. Have you... Rewatched it a second viewing, or I have not. And how was it going to the theater? Were you nervous? Were you like, oh shit? Oh, uh, like nervous you, about you saw it IMAX? Yeah, because uh, I I made the decision. I'm like, I really I've been waiting for this movie for years, but I didn't want to go to the theater with this whole pandemic and like, is it safe? I was like, uh, the risk is too high, so I'm just gonna not go. Yeah. So I I had no uh, problem with that. Yeah. I went in. I was like, look. Uh, it look, it didn't even cross my mind. I was just, I'm not really all that worried mm-hmm. about it. You'd you'd definitely survive it. You're a, you're fit and sexy, and I think that's well. Look, sexiness is COVID is afraid of sexy. Yeah, number one, I, I Doctor Fauci said that during a presser. And look, and and that's at the end of the game. At the end of the at the end of the game. At the end of the day, uh, my crew and I are extremely sexy. Mm-hmm, exactly. So we were we you have nothing to fear. We licked elevator buttons going. All the way up, like um, I was, I was touching the the escalator uh, rubber. Okay, and I was smudging it on my friend Donnie's face. Oh, Donnie Dicus. Donnie Dicus, represent. Yeah, and uh, we all we all came out alive. Great, but all that to say is no, I wasn't I wasn't that afraid. I uh, I'm mindful. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching all kinds of things. Was the theater like it was? The, what it was, was the capacity. Like? It was to its capacity. And that's one person for every five seats, or was it like really max cap? No, no, it wasn't like a full house. Like they, they, they separated the seats. Okay. So in a row of five, like three people could sit or two people could sit, something okay. like that. Okay, safe. So, so yeah, it felt safe. I, I had no problem with it. I, I, look, I'm a big proponent of healthy immune system. I feel like going out and about with friends. With friends. It's a booster for your immune it's, system. It's a right? booster yeah. for your immune system. All your neurotransmitters benefit. You're getting nutrition from it. Mm-hmm. Locked up at home, you know, watching the news, watching the count go up, uh, depletes your your energy. It lowers your 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 vibe, yeah. which is which is the opposite of inflammation. It raises cortisol levels, yeah. stress. Couch, couch potato mode isn't a healthy mode to be in. Right? It, it's not a healthy mode. You start to get in your own head. So, So I feel like, Keeping people inside is actually de- is is bad for their immune systems. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm no doctor. I'm just a bro. And all that to say is, I wasn't afraid to go to the movies. And so I went and I watched the movie, and uh, it was it was so nice to be back, eating some corn, you know, some Skittles. I miss it. 
It's a beautiful thing, man. Said, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So you made the choice to not go. And yeah. I, re- I respect it. I respect it. And now I'm waiting. I think it's uh, just a few more weeks until it, it's released for digital download or digital rental. Okay, very cool. I'll just raise you up a little because you're speaking very warm and sexy. So just bring the mic a, a little closer on that. Just because I don't, and you don't have to lean over hey. all that much. Just because uh, your sultry, sexy voice is. Yeah. Uh, you see the, uh, there's a, what's it called? The thing that like ducks. Like the noise gate Duck. comes in. Yeah. So when you hear it like dimming, it just means give it a little more. Give juice. it a little more oomph. Yeah. Give it a little yeah. more oomph. That's okay, all it cool. is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, saw the movie. You didn't see the movie. No. End of story. It was, it was the ultimate level of Christopher Nolan. So good. And that's and that's what that was. Let's go back to the uh, reincarnation thing. Yeah. That you were talking about at the beginning. Of course. What are your thoughts on reincarnation? I think it's pretty much a tangible real thing okay so you know people have visions of past lives people who have no history of you know lying uh deceiving people for attention and a lot of these visions that they have have like historical accuracies to things that have happened years and years and years and years and years and years ago so where does that come from like what is that maybe it doesn't happen to everybody uh but i believe in spiritual reincarnation you know that you die, your spirit leaves your body, goes up and comes down when it's called, uh, when it's needed. Again, it's just uh, we're we're living in a recycling machine, a recycling factory. So, is, would you say that like our souls are being recycled into new vessels? I think it is the soul, yeah, and maybe they come down based on the uh, astrology. Maybe I don't know for sure, but there's something to astrology and and kindred spirits, isn't there? There, look, I I really think there is. Yeah. Um, there's always two camps. The people who say, oh, this is rubbish. Yeah. Moderns, do you not believe in science? Yeah, but they said that 200 years ago in a different body. Of, of course. You know? And every generation has new science that completely yeah. turns the current science on its head. The, the people saying that now are the same people 500 years ago who are throwing rocks at Galileo or, or however long ago that was. Absolutely. It's like in, in, the, in the makeup of a society— there's a large percentage of people who are so against change, not because they're fear mongers or whatever. It's just like, I think like a, a productive society needs like 80% conformists, yeah, blind conformists, because that just propels the machine to keep moving. Exactly. So it's like, no, no hate against them, but like the true artists or inventors or scientists are always on the cusp of discovering things that in their time are deemed absurd and insane and what's their uh antagonist catholicism my friend <laughs> oh it, it, most of the time the, the 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 renegades the ones who discover the things yes okay yeah yeah so is that is that it is, is that a, a consistent i you know it's like our planet is made for us in the vision of god it's for humans and nothing else evident can contradict that otherwise you're wrong we're going to throw you in jail for spreading such rumors yeah you know, it's 2020. It's different than it was in the 1400s, but it's been active in to some degree this whole time, right? Pretty much. I, I believe 10 years ago, I don't know about today, but 10 years ago, like 60 or 70% of the American vote voted based on Catholicism and religion. So it's, it's, it's like a deeply ingrained thing. And I think as a set of any, any, any religion, I'd say as an, if you peel back the the layers of its branding, which is based on like where they're from and their people, mm-hmm. and whether it's like Judaism or Islam, or 
Hindu, whatever. Or whatever it is, they're just based on some pretty decent principles yeah. that, that allow the people to, to live decently. Yeah. They're bedtime stories that teach values to kids. Exactly. Who don't know good and bad yet. Exactly. Right? And it's uh, the fundamentals, I'd say, are good. But it's when people, people, whether it's in religion or on TikTok, mm-hmm. they have a very difficult time separating literal words with a metaphor or, or, or a Trojan horse, which is like a story exactly, for something else, exactly, right? Yeah. A carrier of a different message beneath the lines. And that's where those people throwing rocks, there's just more people throwing rocks than not. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones who create the chaos. Exactly. And as n- not being a rock thrower, we're not throwing rocks back. We're just like catching the rocks and putting them on the ground and saying, hey, this, is, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. You know, the, the other differences of other choices shouldn't result in violence, but it sort of has for a millennia, you know? Well, I, I think it's, when I say that like humans are still very primitive, that's a huge example of it. Yeah. Right, like as as technolog as technologically advanced as we are, you know, and we have our phones and we can order shit on Amazon next day. Yeah, which might be the worst thing for the planet ever. Like, if I can order whatever I want and it arrives tomorrow, there's no way I'm the only one doing that, and there's no way it's that organized everybody's that it's good that. for you. Everybody's that it's doing good that. for the environment. Look at Amazon stock; it is up, 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 and that's because everyone is just. What's that movie? Uh, the movie Wall-E. Remember Wally? Remember the humans in Wally? They're just like fat, obese larders who sit on an electrical chair and never get up and never do any activity or physical sports, or they're just there. That's are we evolving to be that? Was that movie wrong? I hope so, but but is that what we are? I, I, that's not what we are right now. What we are right now, but that may be where we're going. Because look at everything we do. Everything we do, even this podcast. Yeah, your your career. Uh, is heavily based with online stuff. Yes. Or media consumption. Yeah. Right? Whether it's making a movie or writing a script or an online show, it's all online. We're all feeding the machine where people are going to be sitting in front of a screen to consume. Yes. But that's why I like stand-up comedy so much because you have a live audience and it's not just looking at a camera and faking lines. There's an actual tangible energy between the performer and the audience that, you know... You pass it back and forth like a baseball. And you have to earn it. You have to be present and you have to... Oh, yeah. If it's not going your way, you have to figure out in real time. Yeah, you know. It's not like you're recording yourself and you're like, oh, I'm going to put canned laughter in this not funny joke to make other people laugh. Give them the illusion that this bad joke is funny. That's ingenuine. That's fake. It's not real. You know, you, you have to go out there and feel a room and see what's funny and take the risk of bombing and... You don't get that in online videos. You need a live audience. There's something with a live audience that just makes it more amazing. I totally agree. You know, yeah, yeah. As a musical artist, uh, performing-wise, like, do you want to be in a band practice space with only your bandmates, or do you want to see an audience react and feed off the energy? Dude, that they that's give the dream. You? Yeah, exactly. That is the dream. That's what. That's what I'm. That's what I want to do. I want to go to from city to city and play shows and and interact with people and thrive on the energy and yeah. throw back. That's why I, I love this this podcast because I it's live and in the moment. There's nothing that you can plan. It's whatever you say is is where yeah. we're going next. There's no pre-interview. I don't know what we're talking we, we, Coming into this, I was like, uh, what are we going to talk about? But I'm friends with you. We, it doesn't matter. 
It's, it, it's it doesn't matter. What, you think we go. can't, we yeah. can't talk? Yeah. Fuck, we can talk about whatever we want. Anything. Because that's what it's about. It's about being real and not overly curated. And there's this live energy here. Even I've done a couple of podcasts now through Zoom. And it's not the same. No. It's not the same because there isn't this real-time energy. Even when, when we watch Rogan and he's doing a, an off-site one, not the same, right? No, it's no, just no. not the same. He doesn't even like those. He says he doesn't like those. Yeah, but now he kind of has to Yeah, because the numbers are going up. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like if you have COVID, it's, it's almost like the, uh, the scarlet letter or whatever the fuck it is. Didn't, they had COVID on the production of Rogan's show a little while ago. Didn't yeah, Jamie. The, the producer, yeah, exactly. Oh, and like into conspiracy land, it was right before Kanye was coming on. Oh, really? Yeah, so someone, I saw someone in the comments say, yeah, coincidence? I think not. I saw you watch the, uh, the Kanye video. I yeah, saw you man. repost some stuff. He said some crazy shit. But also, like, I'm sort of with him on his Star Wars outlook, where he was sort of saying the prequel trilogy, is you can't even compare it to episode one through six. It's incomparable. But then the examples he used were bullshit. He was like, he was like, yeah, the the prequel trilogy is so much better than the sequel trilogy. And then Joe's like, why? And then he's like, man, Obi-Wan saying, I got the high ground. And I'm like, that's the example you gave? I was like, what? I still liked it because he referenced it. Yeah, me too. But I was like, that's the example you gave? What? But what was he saying? He liked uh, episode, like the, the later ones from he, the original? Yeah, he was saying that the corporate Disney movies don't even compare to George Lucas's movies because it's George Lucas's child and... He knows the canon of it. He knows what's allowed, what's not allowed, the rules, where things are going. And Disney just made a little blunder. I think it's called a blunder where you have like a, a mistake. Well, yeah, because their their trilogy yeah. was three separate movies with three separate separate. It, it was stories. passing a baton. It was like taking the two towers out of Tolkien's masterpiece and giving it to, to somebody else to write. It's not going to, it's the puzzle piss the puzzle piece, the puzzle piece isn't going to fit into the puzzle. Yeah. It, it wasn't a concise body of work, like, or not concise. It wasn't a body of work. It, it was independent. Yeah. It's it, like, they tried to do what they do with like totally. TV shows where every episode is a different director. Yes. And you can afford to do that maybe in a TV show. Yeah. But in a star Wars trilogy, there has to be a beginning, middle and end. Exactly. And there just wasn't that. Yeah. It didn't feel like anything progressed and, you know, especially with a trilogy. A trilogy is like the master of beginning, middle, and end. And ever, the beginning has a beginning, middle, and end. The middle has a beginning, middle, and end. And the end has a beginning, middle, and end. Of course. And they just didn't align. Well, there was no, there was, no one was working together on it. Yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, you're going to do this one now. And it's going to be great. Huge director. Duh, 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 duh. It was like, uh, I think seven and nine were going to the right side and eight was going to the left side. And you're like, huh? What? Might as well put Jar Jar in there. Yeah, it was. Look, it was bizarre. I still enjoyed them. Yeah, I still enjoyed when they came out. They're still events. Yeah. Um. Did so. What was what was Kanye saying? Other like well about the Star Wars. Like which ones did he like most? Like the ones from the seventies and eighties or the two thousands? His favorite was Revenge of the Sith, and I was like, what? But he grouped them all together as like he grouped them as like Disney made and Lucas made. Fair. And Lucas made takes precedent always. So I agree with a lot of the stuff he said, but then the examples he gave, I was just like, uh, I don't have that same thought. I don't have that yeah. same thought. Well, he's entitled to his own. I wouldn't isolate the, I've got the higher ground quote as the reason that movie is the best one. Yeah, no, no, but, <laughs> no. Uh, but no, I feel you. 
I feel you. But he said a bunch of things during that podcast that that just showed that he really does think differently. Oh, yeah. He sees things differently. He says stuff that perhaps we we kind of have a blink of that in our minds mm-hmm. and then don't really spend too much time thinking about it. But he's consistently uh, grown and built and like achieved these like monumentous so many things. things. Yeah. You know, whether it's being a producer, you know, or shoes back in the day with Jay Z becoming a rapper, um, dropping out of NYU to pursue the, what, what isn't that a story? Didn't, wasn't he at NYU and he was a college dropout, which is why his album's called college dropout. Okay. And then he became the number one rapper ever. And he also then started Yeezy. Yeah. Which, exploded he uh did sunday service which is like the crazy church stuff Insane. like with all and i say crazy in terms of like how like successful it was mm-hmm. i think he's still doing it yeah um let's not forget uh his presidency campaign oh yeah 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 that's a big one well the fact that he did it i don't like did he I, get very much traction he got a bunch of votes. Like I saw his numbers. I think he got like 60, 60 to 70,000 votes in Holy America. Holy shit. Yeah, which isn't that much. And it was kind of an afterthought for him, yeah, right? Yeah, and he, you couldn't vote for him in every state. Why? Because so, it's a state-by-state state electoral process, and some of them required him to have his submissions in weeks earlier, so he was void of, of getting voted on. But I think he did it just to vote for himself in a presidential election. Okay. Which is cool. And he said that 2024 is really where he wants to go. Yeah. Like he's really focused on that. He's going to go up against his old friend, Donald Trump in 2024. Oh, you think Donald Trump's going to come back? I think he's going to try to. Okay. Well, because it's not even 100% confirmed that he's out yet. Yeah. But like, uh, like I, it's looking like he's out. It looks like he's out. I hope he's out. But the fat lady has not sung there's, yet. Yeah. There's been no singing of a fat lady. We never know. And isn't it the funniest time ever in media that, one news network or one side of the news network will tell you this news. Oh, yeah. And then the other side will tell you other news. And it's like, there's, and this is, like they were saying it on Rogan too, there's like no overlap. It's it's crazy. Like they're, they're completely own worlds. I, I watch CNN and I read CNN.com. But every now and then for fun, I'll go to like Fox News website or put it on the TV. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the exact opposite of what they're saying. And I was like, what is happening? How could they be... This is the news. You know, the news is supposed to be real. No matter what network you're going to, this is the news. Yeah. And they just spin it into two completely different beasts. And you can't really trust any news anymore. And yeah, and each of those beasts have their own YouTubers who are following the whatever narrative. And there's like an equal amount. That's yeah. like, look at the votes. It's 50-50 it's because it's literally- and Slim margin, 50-50. And dude, the states, it, it really impressed me that there were almost no landslide like state victories. Like, I, I was surprised. I was surprised by that. Like, I thought that some states would be one side and some, some states would be the other, but like Texas is like, what, 52%? Yeah. California was a huge one and it was like, what, 63? But if you're going out of LA and going out of San Diego and San Francisco, it's a lot of Republican uh, places in California. And that surprised me because I, I, the only, I go, I go to California, you go to California, but we go to LA we don't know. That's its own bubble. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't know Republican California. No. But it exists. Of course it exists. Yeah. And that's that's where I'd say a lot of the people live. Yeah. So California, you would expect, well, people would expect it maybe based on, on LA. 
But I actually thought it would be closer there mm-hmm. because of that 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 idea that we know that outside of LA there's a lot of Republicans. Yeah. But it just shows how, to me, I always look at it from the the binary standpoint of consciousness or or the people. It's always them or us, mm-hmm. right? It's not. There's there's no gray zone. No, and a, every state is almost 50-50. And everyone's like, no, I'm I'm keto or I'm vegan or I'm this yeah, or I'm that or it's, it's crazy. It's a it's I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was non-binary, but it's it's a two-party system, no matter how many parties are in the mix. I think because we the, the average person or or in Canada it's a little bit better because we have other parties that we pay attention to besides the liberals and uh or whatever they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I know the NDP, the Green Party. I know the other parties. In the states, it's like you only know two parties. That's it. Yeah, because no one's going to report on the minority thing because it doesn't get views. Yeah. So who cares? It's it's, and that's the way I I, I look at it. Is the people on one side who are totally against the people on the other side have no awareness that their entire belief system is based on whatever they're consuming, mm-hmm. whatever their upbringing was, and that. The people that maybe they want to angrily take down or say are stupid are the way they are for the exact same reasons that that person on the other side is the way they are. Yeah. And if more people could understand that we're just vessels absorbing our environment and that our persona is merely a construct of these outside factors that we were just plopped inside of, then we could say, hey, we have a lot more in common. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's it's almost it's almost like religious, right? It's like no, I'm this, and you're that, and we don't like each other. So, yeah. so people say that religions are are fucked up because how could you say that this God is only for me, and that God because you don't believe in Him is going to take you down? And it's almost no different than people who are extreme left or extreme right. They 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 don't understand the common denominators. They don't see that they're really hey man. It's the same God, dude. It's you know, it's all the same. We're all breathing the same air. But my, my point there is religions worked, let's say, back in the day or whatever. Because back, back in the day as in like uh, Greek mythology? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> in the time when there wasn't a globalized world that was connected, yes, a Muslim hating a Christian didn't fucking matter because a Muslim never met a Christian. Yeah. And a Christian hating a Muslim never mattered because they never met each other. Mm-hmm. So they were just like a ghost in the story. Yeah. Didn't matter. But as, as people start to connect and meet each other, uh, two things happen. I think usually they meet each other and realize, oh, we're not so, uh, we're not so different, not you so and different, I. Yeah. You know, you sell some great latkes. Yeah. And uh, I make some great spanakopita. Exactly. And, uh, and we both like to fuck. Oh, you're fucking right. And then we mix <laughs> and we do all our things and it's good stuff. I think the people who are the angriest are the ones who are not very well socialized. Mm-hmm. The ones who are in their boxes and their bubbles in their domains. But aren't they in these boxes and bubbles? Cause those two sides are like, we don't want you. You have to get the fuck out of our space. I think it's just where they live and the friends they have. Mm-hmm. If they have a group of friends and they all drink the same Kool-Aid, they don't have a need to meet more people. Yeah. You know, they have their job, they have their work. The people that they work with are probably the same values as them. And they just don't have a routine where they're, seeing different people or learning or like you're, you're a comedian. Yeah. You're a YouTuber. You've been able to experience life in a different way than the average person. Absolutely. You've been able to see, uh, but at at the same time, it's, it's, 
a lot of the same shit. Like when I'm surrounded by five people who are really positive and really good, it brings out the best in you, no matter where you are, who you're with. And they have the exact same issue. I feel like everyone has to get to like a tipping point or breaking point where they either buy in or they say, they smarten up and say, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to, I'm going to disassociate myself from this and I'm going to go do that because that is freedom. And this, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I don't want it. It's like autopilot where you're just boldly, yeah, whatever your programming you're is. You're going through the motions and of, of standard, standardized expectancies because of what you're surrounded by. Yeah. And when you say you have to hit a breaking point, yeah. that's like could be seen as a, as a rock bottom or or an opportunity and or it, reason for change. It's got to be something, yeah. It's, it, it's it's the moment of the dark night of the soul where you find God or decide you want to find God, only it's the opposite because we don't want to find God. We want to find ourselves. Yes. And that in the, in the fabric of society yeah. th- that we live in, there's a, it's almost so safe and controlled and you can exist in your bubble without ever really hitting a ripple. And so it's very difficult to veer out of it. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why I, I, I empathize and I respect where people come from despite their belief system, because I understand that they just haven't hit that, that fork in the road Mm -hmm. or that, that depth of the soul. But some people are so into what they were raised with that they don't even want to hit the fork. They don't aspire to hit the fork. I know so many people who like, went to high school, went to college, went to university, live right by their parents. And that they're like, I made it, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm an accountant or a dentist now who lives a block away from my parents. I made it experiment. You got to experiment and go see if this is really for you. It's sort of like when you're, when you're Amish, you know, before you go into full adulthood. I remember when I was Amish. You were, you were Amish? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) but you know i I think it's like after your education in an amish society you go to the big city to see what it's like and usually you end up coming back but a few of them are like you know what this is really cool i get to do so many things i get to have an alarm clock yeah instead of a sundial whoa electricity maybe i'll test this out a little bit before i go back sure home where i'm comfortable and there's nothing wrong with being comfortable and doing what you want to do but I'm all about testing the boundaries and seeing what energy pulls you in. And so to to that point, you want to test limits. You want to push the edge. You want to see what you're made of. Is that not a product of your genetic code, of your upbringing, of perhaps the environment you grew up in and what you saw? You know, if you could argue it both ways because to do that, you have to like dissect, okay, look at all my friends around you and look at your family. And are we in a, in a similar, going in a similar direction? And I'm not, you know, like, like one of my brothers is a banker. My sister is in marketing. My other brother is a musician and I, we all do different things. So in terms of our upbringing, we've all gone in different directions with life. And how are your parents in, in, Uh, in terms of what you needed to do in life, were they, disciplines strict about their expectations of you maybe but also like maybe those what i think of that maybe that's all in my mind you know it was like uh growing up i would if i was drinking or smoking weed i'd be like i can't tell my fucking parents they can't know that's because that's bad and they're gonna judge me and discipline me and get mad at me yeah but that's a normal thing take away my game boy color yeah but 
I had other friends who were like, oh, my parents know when I smoke weed and I could talk to them about girls and I could talk to them about this stuff. And I don't know which is better and which is worse. I don't think, I think they're all the same to tell you the truth, but I sort of like was jealous of that relationship. I, w- I wish I could like smoke a joint in front of my dad and he'll be like, oh, cool. That's, that's interesting that you do that. What's it like? Let's talk about it. Instead of just feeling uh, sort of like a, a shunning almost for doing something that I think they would construe as negative. Okay. I, I get that point. And, I, and I've, I've had a handful of friends like that growing yeah. up, but to the point of your career, yeah. when you were young, were they like, Adam Sand, you will be an accountant? Oh yeah. I, I think I was groomed to become a, a lawyer or go into law, you know, okay. uh, that my, my, my father's a lawyer and uh, you know, uh, it was, there was a little bit of pressure to become a lawyer, but ultimately pretty early on, I started making comedy videos with my friends and sooner than later, my parents saw me doing questionable things in in videos on YouTube. You know, I had there's one video out there where I hump a lamp when I'm naked, and and they're like, okay, maybe uh, he's not going to be a lawyer. Maybe yeah. he's going to just be uh, the internet's village idiot, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so, so uh, yeah, I I and then we won a Doritos contest, and I think with the Doritos contest, we won like a hundred thousand dollars, and. Then people started hiring us to do commercials. People started hiring me to do online marketing. And at that point, they they were like, oh, this is a possible career. You know, it's the same way the old-fashioned parents look at video gaming as you're wasting your time. Stop playing video games. But today, right now, there's literally 15-year-old kids, 14-year-old kids playing Fortnite and making $10 million a year. Yeah. And, and if it brings in the cheddar, if it brings home the bacon... <laughs> That's when the parents should be like, you know what? We were wrong. We were delusional a little bit, and the world has changed a little bit, and now there's actual careers in video games. If you want to be a developer, if you want to be a streamer, if you want to be a gamer, a QA tester, whatever, it's a real career. You're not just wasting your fucking time. And it's a, it's a huge industry with huge potential, and, and it's, I guess, parents of today are starting to become privy to it. Yeah, and but you can understand where parents come from. Of course, you can understand their concerns and their fears. Totally, totally get it. But back to why are you the way that you are? I, uh, There's no way of knowing. Yeah, we can pon- we no. can pontificate exactly and say, oh, th- uh, my parents were kind of like this, or because my siblings were like that, I became like this. We never know. You can read a bunch of stuff, bunch of psychology. Yeah. All that we know is that we are the way we are, yeah. and did we intrinsically choose it? Was it chosen for us, like by by some mystical forces? We don't. It's like I think that we are uh, put everyone around us, parents and best friends, into a blender and blend it out and pour it in a glass, add some ice. That's us. And there's no so, way of knowing. So I see a little bit of my my friends and my parents and my family in me and the choices I make and the things I do and what I like and my hobbies. But I'm also my own person. Well, because that you know? in itself. Is is a is a specific cocktail, and that specific cocktail of all those blends is you. Yes, and that is one hundred percent you, original. Mm-hmm. And so the reason you are the way you are, regardless of that, just means that you are the way you are. Yeah, and you like to push boundaries, and you like to hump lamps naked. Yeah, and some people who are uh, accountants who live down the street from their parents who are accountants, they might like to hump lamps naked too, but they might be afraid to let the people around them know that they're lamp humpers. Maybe, but, but maybe you couldn't, maybe, um, there was not enough satisfaction following law, for example, 
following that route. And they were perfectly fine following the route that they were on. Yeah. Right. And but so they, they, it's different worlds that we lived in. You know, that was like post Holocaust. If we don't work, we're going to lose our lives and our livelihood and we're going to be homeless. They had totally different pressures and anxieties than we have today. Like we're not really in the real world. Everyone's like, Oh, the pandemic, it's the worst thing to ever happen in existence. No, it isn't. So many worse things have happened to our parents' generations, to our grandparents' generations. We're just the narcissistic selfie generation that doesn't read history books and doesn't realize that this honestly isn't that fucking bad. It, it's bad by today's standards, but in a bigger landscape, dude, we'll be this will be done in a year, whatever. And there's way worse shit way happening worse currently shit. Yes. that is not talked about because- Not enough, no. Because that doesn't, I don't know, push politics one side or the other. Like, because this whole pandemic has been very politically divisive. Once again, it's become binary. Yes. You're either this side or you're that side. Yeah. Oh, you're a masculine. And and that's just North America. That's not even what's going on in the East, in the East side of the world, which is also fucking crazy. But we're, like, like I said, we're the narcissistic generation of the technological mother. And we care about how many likes we get and not what's actually happening in the fucking world. Unfortunately to say, but to, yeah, to me, that's the, the but to someone who is never going to interact with that world, does it even matter? It should, because we're all one and that affects this and this affects that. And until we realize that we're in a global neighborhood and what's happening in Russia and in Armenia, those are our neighbors. The, like it's a, as soon as alien aliens come, which they're fucking coming Sooner or later, we're going to realize we're really all in this together and we're earthlings and not Canadians or Americans. We're earthlings. And this is about intergalactic war. And so what if the pandemic was a test to see how everyone can adopt the same protocol throughout the entire planet? Yeah, but, but it, I, I would love that. But no one is passing the test right now. Everyone is failing miserably. Well, that's what the, you know? that's what phase one Except is. Except for right? Sweden, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I know the way that I, I see the the whole thing is, I, I like to think of the Middle Ages where there's a castle, mm-hmm. and then there's a fence, a huge stone fence, and then outside there are the peasants in the market. We are the peasants in the market. We're the chorus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we are the chorus. You know, the peasants are working. Yeah, and we're trying to figure out what's going on in the castle. Yeah, we were. Can someone come out and tell us, please? And they're not going to tell us. Yeah, they're not coming. No, they're they're not coming. So we can create whatever scenario we think is happening. We can imagine what we think, but at the end of the day, no one really knows anything. I and I hate people who think they do because they're just that's that's self dignification. That's saying you're a real idiot. Yeah. It is saying, oh, no, I know exactly what's going on. I watched this conspiracy video, and I know everything now. Yeah. No, you don't know anything. No one knows anything. We just pretend to know things. The only reason that conspiracy is catching steam is because the algorithm, like, it just, a lot of people like to watch it. Yeah. It doesn't mean... Clickbait. Cli- everything's clickbait. Everything's clickbait. Everything's clickbait. So that's why it's like, how can we boil things down to a point where we're just, like, as good to our, as good as possible? Right? Uh, how can you live a day and be like happy, share some joy, encourage someone around you, and that just spreads? Because the world is so complex, and there's so many pieces, and there's so many this and that, 
that we can never even the people so many masks right everything wears a mask now i'm not i'm not talking about a face mask but i'm talking about like a spin on a on a fact to make it something else yeah and that's that's i guess media right that's news that's yeah uh it's not the truth it's identity. they're all deceptions right yeah but for the most part if we live off screen a little bit and you go out in the real world you can spread joy yeah. you know you can do your comedy show or you could say something nice to the the coffee person. I haven't done a comedy show in like eight months, and I don't know if I'm funny anymore. No, you're funny. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, right out of the gate, you were funny. Am I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got it, man. Do I? Yeah, you have me on my toes. On your toes? That's not where I want you. Zing. Oh, see what I mean? <laughs> see what I mean? That's bad. But this whole conversation started, oh, it's 45 minutes. What did you say you were going to do at 45 oh, I minutes? I said I was going to take my hat off and look like a crazy person. Okay. New look. I guess if you're listening, you can't see it, but if you could watch... Hey, guys. I love it. I love it. Um, So yeah, why someone is the way they are doesn't matter. The fact is they are the way they are. And how can we, as observers rather than reactors, Mm -hmm. make the best of the given situation? And that's my view on how to roll. Yeah, I I agree with you, but... Ultimately, the most we can do is try our best to educate them on a very civil manner and hope that they are receptive to whatever signals we're sending them. But a lot of people will literally rip their antennas off before they receive any outside signals. But why would we need to educate, you know, uh, when we know we don't know? We could just lead by example in the way that we think. So all I know is that I don't know nothing, to quote Tim Armstrong, but... You know, I know the world isn't flat, but that doesn't mean other people believe it that the world is flat. And it's stuff like that that scares me because that's so objective that, you know, you go out into space, you look down at Earth, it's it looks like a marble to go back to marbles. Nice. So I don't understand how people could be flat earthers, but they exist and they're out there. I'd say it's, you know, or people who are like, oh, I don't need to do this because Jesus is just going to come down and save the world. That's not going to happen. How how could you believe that? But what if it allows them? Like, what if the flat earthers have a community? They do, and they're they're not causing really any harm. They're entertaining each other. They really don't react with the mainstream world. No, not at all. They make videos. They have fun, and they're not really causing any harm. They're they're connecting with each other. They're having a good time. They are. They are the socks that disappear or the guitar picks yeah. that disappear in the couch. They, they just live on their own and they're not hurting anyone. I wonder like, if I was a flat earther and I went into somebody's office who had like a- <laughs> You look like a flat earther right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know those bars that like it's a globe that you open up with the liquor in it? Yeah. I'd be so mad at seeing those glo- globe bars. I'd be like, that's yeah. a fucking lie. And I'd probably kick them all. I don't think it's about the flat earth. They don't even know that. But it's it's about everything around the flat Earth. They're part of an exclusive club, you know. It's us against them. They're not fucking blowing up buildings. No, the person who who thinks that it, it you know, if if Jesus I, is going to save they're, them, they're not a group to fear. You know, yeah. you just don't want them teaching your kids in high school. Sure, right, sure, and that and that's fair. And and someone who who believes that like the Lord will save them, they're not hurting anyone either. No, you know. So if they can have a belief system, because all we are are uh, dust in the wind. Dust in the wind. Uh, synapses forming. Uh, 
our belief system is really just a bunch of, you know, connections happening in our brain that make us feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So if we can see that if, if you can feel something or tell yourself a story that helps you get through the day in a productive manner that has more pros than cons, despite what the, the vessel of what you're saying is, because we're so much more than the words we speak. Yeah. Then, then you just, it's like, yeah, cool. Like flat earth. Come on. I want to hear you. Let's talk. <laughs> let's fucking talk about it. I'm sure we have something in common. Yeah. And they, for sure we do. So it just removes a lot of weight because trying to, uh, everyone has everything in common. Everything. Right? Yeah, exactly. Everything. Exactly. And all we, all we really want to do is, is connect and say, have lend, lend an ear, you know, and just realize that we don't know everything we can be. Look, I don't know if we're going to find out the earth is flat, but imagine like, That'd be crazy. I would love to. I, I would, like. Have you heard the uh, Fauci? Fauci's going to tell us that the Earth is flat. The inner Earth uh, theory. Oh, uh, that the Earth is a Mars bar. The inner Earth is a Mars bar. You get to the middle, and there's a Mars bar with a layer of caramel and a crunch. Uh, no, not that one. Okay. Uh, the one where uh, there's uh, Admiral Richard Byrd like went in into the Earth, and it's like the hollow Earth into the core, and it's hollow. And and there's like a civilization, like a far superior civilization. I would in there. believe it. Like. I would love to believe it too. Yeah. Have I seen it? No. No. Do I think it's awesome? Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. But some people watch that stuff and because they watched it, they're like, oh, most people haven't seen this. Even though this, vi this video has 16 million views. There's, yeah, a, there's a they, whole race of superhumans at the core of the earth. Yeah. They don't know. And they're just using us like batteries, yeah. like the matrix. Yeah, exactly. That's... But at the end of the day, are we not just batteries that are? Yeah. I, I say this almost in every podcast, but I, if you're watching the human civilization evolve and you're watching it like, I don't know, 200 years at a time, if you look at what we've done, we've built cities and connected grids and communications and then cable and all this and lights start appearing. And what we're really doing is like, we're building the matrix. It's mm -hmm. like the earth was a brain that had no synapses and we're creating those connections with everything we do, all of our consumption, all of our roads, you know, uh, yeah, roads, communication, internet, all that stuff is just connecting everything so that the, like we're the Neanderthals and the, the homo sapiens that's coming next, the, the AI or the cyborg race that is the hybrid mm -hmm. is just going to use what we built to become that, to, to move forward. Yeah. And, and that's all, isn't that all we're really doing is just connecting shit. So they're saying that, uh, the future might be robots with human brain chips and that we will eventually transfer our consciousness into robots that will live forever and that will run earth. And it's kind of already happening. Yeah. It's tr It's like Terminator almost. Yeah. We're, we're almost there. There's a lot of companies doing artificial intelligent, uh, research and building robotics using artificial intelligence that that's out there. If you look at the stock market, there are so many companies that do that, which is scary. It's scary. But if you look at the way evolution goes and the way cells emerged and then like disconnected themselves, then merged again and create other bodies and other species and other things, we're just the, 
we're just the thing that created the next one. We're just the, 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 the next step. Yeah, we're just another brick in the wall. We're just another brick in the wall for the, the thing that's coming next. Mm-hmm. It's, it's inevitable. There's, no, there's been no species that stopped after. Like, the, it wasn't, the, there's no last species. There's, o- there's always something emerging. And we've built the internet and we've built, like the internet was created and then all these things started coming on top. Like, and then the biggest companies in the world that rule everything were built on the platform of the internet that was mm-hmm. created in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And now the, all those major companies created, created all these crazy networks and circuits and all these things that learned the data of the people. So they're essentially, they know our behavior better than we do. Oh, yeah. So they can just use us as a resource, literal human. Yeah, we're becoming the lab rats. Human resource just to, to propel, uh, I guess, things forward. And a lot of people, I guess it's the popular belief that it's, it's pure evil and it's the internet, internet billionaires who, who want to control everything. But I'd say in terms of like consciousness and the algorithm that started evolution in the first place, we're just continuing. We're just passing the baton. We're doing the exact same thing that that's always been done. Cause we like to think of ourselves as like the earth and the human race in 2020 sees it's like, sees the planet as human centric. Uh, where before it was like God centric. Now it's human centric, but soon we're going to squirrel centric. I would like that. I would like something because we think that we operate differently than animals. When in fact, like 95% of everything we do is subconscious in nature and totally out of our control. Yeah. That's why we all know we can all watch ourselves do stupid shit like a train wreck and we have, we can't do anything about it. Why is that? Just because this subconscious mind right here is the operating system. And that little thing is our head. So also, by the way, that symbol, you should have a guitar made to look like that symbol. Cause that's the body of a guitar. When you look at it, yeah, it sort of fly- looks like a flying V. Right? Yeah. It's a flying V, but with the circles, it's like a flying V mixed with a Prince thing, but whatever it is, you got to have a guitar made. That I will look like that. But all that to say is the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, subconscious is the, is the beast that runs the show. Mm-hmm. And we think that we're so in control of what we do. When we're so easy to manipulate, we are the sheep that are so easily herded. It's so easy for the, now that the algorithms based on what we like or don't like or swipe through or don't swipe through or who we DM or when we DM, they know the habit of us. Yeah, better than we know the habit yeah. of us. Like sure. we like we think that we're doing everything offhand and it's all free choice. It's it's really it's really not. Yeah, it's data for the machines that are coming and they're watching us now. Yeah. They're listening to us right now and like this camera's filming and this mic is recording, but there's some mother motherboard out there that's observing us and taking notes on our behavior and when the time comes, they'll know exactly what to do to crush us like ants. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if the goal is to crush us. Or to enslave us and have us work for their goals. But we're all working anyway. We have no choice. Yeah. Do and we, when, we have no choice? Well, if we don't work, first of all, we, we feel like shit about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, chemi- it's like they, whoever programmed this slave race called the human being yeah. made it feel shitty when not working. Yeah. It's like, it's like we, I work, I do this podcast, I, I want to make music, you do what you do because it feels good. Yeah. So imagine you could program people to work for you, to push data to the algorithm, and it feels good. What, 
nothing's going to change. It's actually, there's more output from us, the better it feels. Mm -hmm. So we just want to be a contributing member of society. And that's what we are, what we get off on. And when you don't contribute, you're like, I am unproductive and I'm a lazy slob and I have to work towards something. Yeah. And right now there's nothing going on. Exactly. But I would tell, I would tell that person that you are contributing. The, By streaming and watching TV, yeah. you are feeding the evolution algorithm. Exactly. And you are helping the companies understand or the algorithm understand how we function. And that's going to, that vital information can perhaps help this, the human race. Do you know what neaters are? A neater? A neat? No. It's like this 4chan term. It's an internet term for people who are unemployed, not working, and live in their parents' basement and are content with that. Wow. And that's a, there's a whole lot of people doing that. If you're on Reddit, if you're on 4chan, there's so many fucking people doing that. And I would, I'm sort of a neater. I'm sort of neat, but you know, there's no reason to be upset at unproductivity because you are still part of the system. You're still the view. The viewer is an important part. Absolutely. And, and there's, there's a contribution factor. The more neaters there are, the lower the internet price Mm -hmm. per person, Mm -hmm. right? Because just like, Porn was the thing that brought the internet cost per person down because so so many people were using the internet for porn that it reduced the cost of the internet as a whole because so many people could use it. Like You know what I mean? Like the more people use a commodity, the lower the price per person. Exactly. And And everyone's using it for that. Everyone. Like I think- Even grandma. Yeah. Even grandma. Yeah, squirty grams. Do you, do you know what your grandma researches on uh, Pornhub? Uh, yes. What's that? Uh, she's into, um, she's into uh, Turkish Christmas calor- uh, cal- carolers. That's my, my grandma is into- it's, pr- it's pretty niche. Is into step-grandson. No shit. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Step-grandson. But she spends her time on YouTube watching Greek shows. Mm-hmm. She is contributing. Yeah, Absolutely. And like, what if, because I always like to put a positive spin on this. What if the algorithm is just going to learn how we function so that it can actually help us? What if it can, it's, it's able to understand our behavior or understand to, to make us, let's say, make healthier choices or do all these things that will reduce our, our sickness levels and reduce our anxiety and all these things purely by funneling us in a certain direction. Like, who knows? That could be, right? Because Let's say output of the person is the is the highest level metric that they're looking for, mm-hmm. and they've realized that the more free someone is, the more the ecosystem thrives. Yes, the less control we have, the more we actually get what we want. Right, the free market, like uh, capitalism versus communism, with a hint of socialism. Sure, right, exactly. But yeah, no, exactly, and and that's what the pandemic brought out in everybody. It's it's everybody's online. Everyone is part of this whole digital system right now. And everyone is two clicks away from buying what they want off of an e-commerce website. Yeah. Two clicks away. And so the buying is more so showing the, I call it like the global algorithm or the the fifth dimension cloud that's learning everything. Because yeah. that's how I visualize uh, how, it's the only way I know, because I'm not a scientist, how to visualize how evolution happens. How does one thing become the other. How does this thing develop horns? Well, it's like the way I visualize it is all the animals and species or whatever are, are uploading all their data. 
And then that thing is processing the data. And it's like, well, maybe if we run a little test and throw a fucking horn on this thing, let's see how it survives. It's like, whoa, this frog with the horn fucking. Yeah. He fucking reproduced like mad. I wish there was more evolutionary human experimentation going on right now. And like, by that, I mean, like, if we, uh, you can't really do this because you're basically to, to test evolution on human experiments. You, That's like Nazi stuff, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't go towards like killing and murder and crazy shit, but you would have to have generations of a family be there for the experiment. So it would, it, this would be like hundreds of years, but like, let's say, let's say we took a family and had them living on a swamp. Okay. Half in the water, half on land. How many generations would it take for them to develop webbed feet or gills or things that would make them quicker swimmers? I don't know, but I would like to know that. But I think that's a horrible experiment to do because you you would have to take a family and put them there for hundreds of years. So right. I, I love the concept. Yeah. Obviously, it would be cruel. Yeah, horrible. It, it would horrible. Be, it would be cruel. And that is, that is the upside to the horrible atro- atrocities committed in World War II by oh. the Nazis and the Japanese is that it sped up our understanding of, of science and humans and all that shit by like hundreds of years. Because mm-hmm. in no other pocket of civilization could that fucking shit ever fly. No. No, no, no. But, and, and that's too good of an experiment. That, that, like, they would look at the evolution experiment and be like, we don't want to know that shit. We want to know the, at what boiling point do you lose consciousness and bubble yeah, so that that's like fucked up, and they, I guess they they got off on on that kind of stuff. Yeah, but what if you know we see different pockets of the world that live in different, uh, different environments and different social classes and economic classes? What if, what if that's the experiment that's being run right now? What if that's why not everything is even? What if there's a greater purpose, right? Because we we have in the in the wise words of Elon Musk, humans have limited bandwidth. Elon. <laughs> Did you get that from Moonbase 8? Yeah, you watched it. I'm Fucking right, dude. Great, great, great. All of it? You, you're finished the series? I'm finished the series. Sweet. That was a great show. I loved it. I John C. Riley is one of my favorite people He's on the planet. He's great in it. Tim Heidecker is uh, also yeah. one of the best. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And the the other guy- Fred Armisen. He, he's, he's always, he always makes you feel uneasy. He's hilarious. I, I love it. I absolutely love the show. <laughs> Elon. What is it? Elon? Elon. Yeah. So Elon says that we have limited bandwidth, and we do. And I think that's that's why the mainstream is relegated to a binary opinion, mm-hmm. is because we don't have the capacity to compute enough data to to see a broader spectrum and to understand the gray zones. So it's just easier to say, well, that guy I like, and I'm on his team. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't have enough inputs. But we do that model with everything in life. It's binary the whole way through. With exceptions. Well, because it's just easier because we don't have the resources. Because it's just easier, exactly. Or because, it, it, yeah, it's easier to understand when it's two choices instead of multiple choices. Exactly. It's it too complex and complicated, and the average person, their their head would hurt. But I would say that there's a lot of people, more than we would think, who think the way we do. And though even though we have a binary preference, we understand the reason for that binary preference. We understand that it's it's just simpler to look at things like that and we can't possibly look at all the data and assimilate all of it to create the much. true opinion. It's impossible. Yeah. So what do you do? You 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 pretty much go with the opinion of someone that resonates with you 
and you feel comfortable with, mm-hmm. and you trust them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we trust in people. That's why I like Rogan, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's why Tom DeLong, Tom DeLong resonated with me. Yeah, he, I, I can't believe that guy fucks dogs. Look, everyone is entitled to their own. Uh, it was. I think. Opinions I think. In, in, in sexual that, preferences. In that two-year span, I think uh, the two best love songs to rock music were written, which was "Everlong" by Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, and "I Want to Fuck a Dog in the Ass" by Tom DeLonge and Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Every man has his own uh, choice, preference, and I, I back Tom. I don't understand it, but I, if that's yeah. what he wants to do, I'm okay with. And him. he's a hu- huge proponent of. If the dog is having a good time, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and so at least it's it's all um, what's what's the word like? They're all, it's all consensual. Hunky gravy. Yeah, hunky gravy. <laughs> I like his posts with the dogs in the cars. He's uh, following me. I just think it's so funny when he posts something like important and political and trying to like he gets shit on. And everyone in the comments <laughs> is like, "You fuck dogs. You fuck dogs." And then he has to like explain to like. Uh, ministers uh, of the UK, why his fans <laughs> write that shit? Does he have to explain? He well, because they, they follow him on Instagram and he's spoken about it. He's like they all see the comments that the fans drop on the like. Uh, uh, well, he birthed that beast. Exactly. Yeah, that was his competitive advantage in the nineties. <laughs> My God, man! His dog fucking. Dog fucking. Dog. Yeah. Look, yeah, Tom DeLonge does not actually fuck dogs. He just likes to say crude shit to get a. Imagine the shit that would come out on him if he ran for president. Imagine like a week before the election, like someone slips a CNN reporter, I want to fuck a dog in the ass. And they're like, this is the man you're voting for. And how many people would take it at face value and say, oh, this man's a dog fucker. And they, so and they protest. Many, so many. And, and that's, that's so many. Let's say it's a million people protest. What's, what's a million out of the 300 million in the States? It's a small percentage. Yeah, but then the snowball effect happens, and that million, and then it adds to the the binary, um, the binary narrative of whatever the fuck's going on, and it just shows you how absurd it all is. Like this, it's it's not a it's not a really good system for truth because it's like innately stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like this is an artist, and he said this for shock value, and it's funny, and it's yeah. this and that, but people. On, it's like one on one, you can you can have a deep conversation with someone and explain things. Yeah. But to explain to three hundred million people at the same time, it's like the level of communication you have can be no longer than one second. And and because it's so short, you there's no time to contextualize it. So it's just a quote saying he said that. It's not like okay, there was six joke songs on this album and this year, and when he was on tour, he would make these jokes, and it was an act. It was funny. It's just a quote. I want to fuck a dog in the ass said by this person. Are you in or are you out? Most people are going to be like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that guy. I love my dog. And then PETA gets involved and it's, it's all fucked yeah, up and they know it's <laughs> stupid, but their stock value will go up. I, I wish if PETA they go got up. involved when that happened. That would be so funny. Imagine they were like, no, it's okay with him. Do you think that song affected the people fucking dogs in America? Zero percent. Zero percent. Yeah. Because I don't think there was any crossover demographics. He was talking to high school kids who'd like to say shit jokes. Okay. He, he was talking to us. I took it literally. And I don't think PETA really cares about us. No. no. Or, or, or dog fuckers. One time PETA. Uh, like I was... real dog fuckers. I don't think listen to Blink-182. No. What do you think they listen to? They listen to like. <laughs> now we're going to. Now we're gonna, like. I don't want to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But. 
they listen to like I was gonna say the theme song to uh King of the Hill. Oh, King of the Hill. Yeah. Close. But like now we're being racist and because we're not. No, we're not. But that's the beauty of long form content. And that's the beauty of content that no one listens to, is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But lo- that's why. Do you think there's like race wars with aliens? That do you think they're like? Well, I'm a I'm a small green. I hate those tall grays. I don't I, get the tall gray out of my house. Well, if they're <laughs> if they're if there. they're based on our algorithm, then yeah, yeah. I guess because it's I all territorial. Not. Because we're we're binary and we're them against us, and like I think even racism is. Is, is, a, is a microbial thing. Mm-hmm. It's because we have trillions of bacterial cells on our bodies that science is starting to show rule our subconscious mind and our motivations and all these things. That's why a dog knows when to eat at five o'clock. The dog has no sense of time, but it's, its body clock is actually this ecosystem, this civilization of trillions of bacterial cells that are like a factory and a civilization that are waiting for that to come in like they're waiting for the sun to go up. And they signal to the brain, start barking, start asking for the food because we got all these employees who are ready to fucking eat and they got to go and we got to get this thing going. We are no different. Like we're the same as every other animal. We are a construct of, of, of trillions of organisms. And that's why sometimes when you meet someone that's completely different than you, maybe you have like this weird feeling. You say, I have a gut feeling that they're, they're off. I don't know if they're off. I think it's just they're microbially different. Yeah, also, you. like as I got older, I remember in high school and uh, maybe a little after that, I was so judgmental. I'm like, oh, that guy's weird. He thinks different. I don't know if I could be friends with that guy. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that guy is fucking cool and saw things differently that us mass produced students didn't see. Like that, that guy was enlightened and woke to a degree. And I was, I was wrong to, to like be like, no, I don't want that. I think as an adult, you want that. You want to you want to share experiences with people who do things and think differently, so you could understand exactly a, a little differently. Yeah, and you can you know? question your thoughts rather than take them at face value, right? Like your your feelings, your emotions, your your thoughts, and whatever comes in right off the bat, instead of just blindly reacting to it. Like I said earlier, we want to be the observer rather than the reactor. Because mm-hmm. if you're just purely reacting, you're no different than a fucking dog. Yeah. Right. But if you are able to say, oh, I'm feeling this, why is that? Oh, is it because we have a different micro uh, biodiversity? Hmm, is it because perhaps he has a different way of seeing things? You know, there's, there's a bunch of things. And once they start coming together and you start discussing, then I, I visualize it as like the microbes start coming together and they start having micro conversations. They start finding things in common and they start homogenizing. Mm-hmm. And then you can have a, you can see that your initial your inclination, which was a defense mechanism to keep you safe from the unknown, yeah, has now passed the the test, and now you're able to have that conversation. Does that make any sense? Yes. Very cool. Did you go to Dawson? No. Okay. So, oh yeah, you did. I know where you went. But there was like always downstairs going in. There was like a group of like heavy metal goths. Sick. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's the goth group. Let's just go up the escalator, and not look at them in the eyes." And then, like, towards the end of, of Dawson, I started talking to the goth people, and they're the fucking coolest ones. They're like, uh, we hang here because everyone else is a fucking, you know, they, they're close-minded. They I get, yeah. It's perspective. It's perspective, know? and that's why these things form. Like, uh, with, within a country, there are multiple small niches of people who hang with each other. It's like, 
it's intrinsically human to find your uh, your your crew. Yeah. Like we all have a crew. Like you have a crew, I have a crew. The country perhaps is a crew. I like your crew. You got a good crew. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's a very small crew. Yeah. Small good crew. You got some artists in there? Yes. Yeah. yeah, artists, you know, business kind of people. Business people, gamers. Yeah. But they all like movies. They all like movies. They all like movies. Is that the core? Is that the it's good to like movies. Yeah, is that why is that why we connect? We like music and Blink One Eighty Two. I we connected because we like taking showers together. Yeah, but but that's because you have good body wash, and I was like, I smelt you one day. I, this is a true story. I smelt Mick one day, and I was like, what the fuck is this herbal essences? Is this Neutrogena? Can it's organic. And you were like, come on, come with me to the shower, and I'll show you. And yeah, you, and you did, and now I buy that product, and I love it, and I smell the same as you, and. Yeah, like I took, and I remember I, I I took you in the shower. I said, "Look, don't worry. This is this is we're Greek. This is how we do it." Yeah, you were like Adam. We're not taking a shower. Put your clothes back on. And I'm like, "No, we're going. We're going full send on this." And we did full send. And we did full send. It was uh, it was something I'll never forget. Yeah. We're friends. We we can do that shit. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It wasn't romantic or sexual. It was just like this is what we do. No, and I come from a sales background, and the only way to really truly sell a product is to is to show a real life uh, uh, demonstration a demonstration yeah. of how this works, of how it functions, and the way that I would use it, and I would show you, and I showed you how you use yeah. it. You're like, this is how you rub it on your nipples. Yeah, and this is how you get the full scent out because if you just do a quick, it's not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna get that exfoliation because before it's, you, I never loofed. Look, I take pride in what I do, and it just goes to show the power of the demonstration. Yeah. It's all, that's the tip of the iceberg is this. Yeah, but You've then taught we, me so much more. But than, then, than but then we realized that music, that music and movies is something we had in common. Yeah. Which, and, and a knack to create, right? Yeah. And just do stuff. Cause we have ideas. We like to, to go on tangents. We're, we're similar in that you and I, I need to create stuff. I'm always, Oh, I want to do this. Or I want to do this. Have I figured out completely how to you're, do it? You're good. You're good at not only at it creating, but executing. Executing, like I have so many ideas, but a lot I, I execute here and there, but a lot of my ideas are just like half baked and baked in the oven and I'll revisit them a little while. Like I have a notebook with so much shit. Okay. And I never I never finish. I just go on to the next. Here and there I finish and I try to because that's that's you want to finish, but I find it difficult because I my my brain just has so many things popping in, popping in, popping in. Yeah. That I it's not that I get distracted, it's that like I have to write this down now. Otherwise, I know I'm going to forget it. And then once I write it down, I start to develop it. And then the thing before that goes on the back burner. And that's the cycle. That's my cycle. I totally understand. I can totally relate to that. And the only way I've been able to circumvent that, like music production, for mm -hmm. example, just having an idea that I'm strumming away in a couple of melodies to, to the completion of it is the collaboration factor. If, it, I, if, I, if I, Other people rely on you. And I, I rely and on other people. Rely on other people. That's the only way because I maybe it's because I don't respect myself enough. But if I'm working with someone, I I want to bring all of my capacities to them and give them everything that I have. And we make a deal and we make the thing that we want to make. And it's like equal collaboration. It's never like you do this. Because that, that just makes a shit product. Yeah. But working with people, like if I want no one wants to work with someone who's like, go do this now. No, no, no. No one wants that. That's like, what the fuck? We're but collaboration is the key because if you're an idea generator, then 
it's about connecting, I guess, with with someone who can, who together you can hold each other accountable and and finish the product. Like for, for with a producer, I pay for the song, mm-hmm. so the song is going to get done. It's like a fail safe. It'll never, I'll never go work with a producer and the song will be hanging on for eight months. That doesn't happen. No. But so, also the producer's like, I want to get this done immediately so I could go to the next the thing. next thing. Or yeah, the next and client. so that works out for me. It's a best interest for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And so collaborators just just make things happen. Yeah. Or like um like this podcast. If I say I'm gonna put one out once a week. Now you're putting a fire under your ass to get it done, so it's gonna get done. Exactly, because I don't want to publicly embarrass myself. Yeah, I, I find <laughs> deadlines because I don't give myself deadlines. Like I don't do that to myself. But when other people give me deadlines, I, I You respect them. Of course. You gotta get it done. And even if it means cramming for three nights before the deadline, you get it done. Who doesn't do that realistically? I th- I love that. I love that. I find some of the best stuff happens last minute when you're cramming. Same as me. Yeah. It's when I was in school, whether it's lyrics to a song, because and I have to go to the studio, and I don't have a verse. I that's all I'm thinking about for the few days before that, and mm-hmm. something comes together. And if it doesn't, I have enough faith in myself to say that in studio something magic will happen. Yeah. Where you half ass it and then listen to it, and you're like, okay, now let's full ass it because. There's something in this exactly. what I put out yeah. that I didn't like yesterday, and now we can build off that and develop it. But a deadline is, they're, if you can hold yourself accountable to a deadline. That's what they're there for. Especially, I know, working deadlines, like, I don't want to get fired. I got to hit the deadlines. Yeah. you know, Negative reinforcement never hurts. No. It's a very positive thing. And uh, intrinsically, if, if, our, if our livelihood is not benefit is if is not on the line we're not going to get things done so we have to put ourselves in situations where uh not hitting the deadline will be detrimental to us it will it is and so like you see like we have to punish ourselves so a deadline is is essentially like embarrassment or disappointment or losing your job Mm -hmm. but it's the only thing that'll fucking make you do it because if it's open-ended and there's no consequences Humans need consequences. I, I agree. I agree. And I bringing this back up to stand up. It's like my deadline is when I hit the stage. I got to be ready for when I hit the stage. But now in this pandemic world, I haven't hit a stage in eight months. And I'm just like writing shit down. And they're, they're just getting lost because I'm not able to go up and work on them and develop them. Because you could develop shit on paper, but the real development of jokes happens live on stage when you're taking mental observations of how an audience is reacting to what you're saying and the delivery of it. And it must be a scary thing. It, it was the first few times it was very scary. The first time I, I went on stage, I, uh, my, my shirt was drenched after I was sweating. I was nervous. I was shaking. I couldn't hold the mic straight. No one picked up on it in the audience and all my friends and everyone was there. They were laughing. I recorded it. It was a decent performance. It wasn't like I went out and bombed the first time. It was like the room was laughing but me inside, I was so fucking nervous. My heart was beating and I had to change my shirt because it was as though, you know, when you have like take uh, Tylenol and you have the flu and you wake up with a night sweat and your shirt yeah. is stuck to you. Yes. That's after my five minutes. Oh. That's what my shirt was. And I'm not exaggerating. It was disgusting. But good for you for doing that because that takes balls, man. That separates the... Uh it was tough. The boys from the men. Yeah, it was tough. And I've been on camera and I've been funny for 10 years, but stand up was a whole different thing. It was, it didn't, it was felt so different. It is 
It is. It I, is, yeah, it I is can't compare it to stand up. I can compare it to like playing live. I'm sure it's, it's the a same completely different energy you stage. You're like, you're, you're nervous before you hit the stage, no matter where you're going. Up. Yeah. Cause in studio, it's a controlled, uh, it's a controlled environment. I, I can do takes on takes on takes. Exactly. Yeah. I know I don't have to hit everything out of the park. It doesn't matter in rehearsal. It's the same thing. Rehearsal. It's a, there's a little more cards on the table, but live it's like your headspace completely changes. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a fear zone. It's like a, fight or flight it's like uh yeah i gotta fucking do it yeah and it it's like you can only rely on your muscle memory almost but because your whole cognitive but you can't depend on it you could rely on it but you can't depend on it because the variable is the audience and if you have a bad audience or an audience that doesn't laugh at something you know that's really funny you're like that's really funny why isn't it working and then that trickles into the rest of your set and I haven't bombed, but I've had one or two bad off nights. Off nights that were that weren't horrible. I wasn't bombing, but I was like, uh, I, I I felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, but that's part of it. And I guess at the beginning you can rely on your on your muscle memory, but as you become resistant to that feeling of the unknown and that feeling of being in the present moment. Mm-hmm then you can start to read the room and you're operating at a less stressed, perhaps you're, you're more Zen with yeah. the, with the process and you can gauge the crowd and you can react in real time. I will, based on crowd reaction, I will say, okay, this joke is going to work tonight. So I'm going to put this in or I'm going to be like, okay, this is an edgy joke. I don't think this is the crowd for it. I'm going to take that out. Cause otherwise like an eight a year lot of people party. are going to hate me. Yeah. Eight year old's birthday party where I'm just trying to bang the mom on stage <laughs> and the dad. Well, it's only fair. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Yeah. But a lot of comedians, unless they're in Texas, they, they are feeling the same thing you're feeling. Yeah. You're, they're not getting out there. And especially since you had started what, like how much, how many, how long were you doing it before the pandemic started? I was doing it. I think a year and a half. Okay. I think my first show was two summers ago. Was uh, you were were you there? Yeah, you were there. You were there. I was there. Yeah, you were at my first stand up show. It was the show Tyler put on at Lowick. Yeah, yeah, you were there. I was there. Yeah, hell yeah. So Happy that, to have been there. Yeah, that that was my first set. That was my very first set. A year and a half ago. Yeah, so much has happened. And I and in that year and a half, I probably went up about fifty plus times. Holy shit! Yeah, there was so, some nights. It was me and Tyler started at one comedy club, and then by the end of the night, we had gone up in four different comedy clubs. So we were doing four sets in a night here and there, not consistently, but the option was always there. And sometimes we'd be like, yeah, let's fucking just keep going because we did it. And doing four shows in a night, by the fourth show, you're mad at your set. You don't want to do the same set over and over and over again. I remember the fourth time I went on, it was at, it was at McGibbons, and I was like, you know what? Fuck my act, and I'm just going to riff and do whatever the hell I want to do. And I was a little drunk at that point. And it's just it's just different, but it's still fun. You're doing if you throw your set out the out the window, you're doing crowd work and just going with the energy. And how did those how'd that go for you? It was I remember there was a guy wearing like a plaid shirt at the bar and I just started like talking to him like he's Eddie Vedder. And and it could go either way, but he was like, Yeah, man, Pearl Jam. And <laughs> it was good. All right. Yeah. But fifty shows and even four a night. On on set three, yeah. How had your your set improved from set one? Set one to two, there's improvement, 
Set three is good. Set three is good, but as the person doing the same shtick on the third time, you're sort of already over it. You're like, okay, it might be fun for them, but it's not fun for me because you feel like you're just reading off of a paper and regurgitating the same shit you said two other times within the past two hours. And then set four, you're sort of like, okay, I had my good sets. I polished what I needed to polish. I know what's funny and what works. Now we're just going to go off the rails and see what happens. Yeah. And were there any nuggets that you, in that in that going off the rails, that you were able to put into a future act? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, that, that that's when you start experimenting because I wasn't really a crowd work kind of guy, and that's where you start experimenting with crowd work. I'm the kind of guy who goes to write jokes. I write it down on a Microsoft Word or notes or on a paper, and then I bring it over to micro. I like going paper and then bringing it from paper to digital. And in that, like retyping your stuff, you that's where you're like, oh, this is funny. Here's another idea for that. Oh, this is funny. Here's another idea for that. This was funny when I conceived it, but now I sort of don't agree with it. I don't like the message it sends. There's something about it that I don't like. Trash can. You For some reason, you just reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you watched the Norm show. Which one? Um, the one with his uh, sidekick. Adam Egan. Yeah. Because to me, the Norm show is a, sitcom from oh yeah yeah so not that the norm mcdonald podcast or whatever it is yeah and because i was i was just listening and i was you were talking about microsoft word and i was gonna ask how long is like a typical joke like is it a paragraph is it is it some bullet points it could be how does that look it could be a story or it could be a one-liner okay my friend tyler is a one-liner guy he kills it he's really good at one-liners like the tyler that i know the tyler i've seen tyler lemko at tyler lemko He's going to be a guest on the show. Uh, I, I actually called him right before this, and I was like, I'm going to be in your area if you want to hang out after. He told me to call him after the show. Sweet. He's like, what are you guys going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. There's no pre-interview. We're just going to go. And he's like, nice. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. But Tyler, with one-liners, he could deliver a joke in like eight seconds and on to the next one. I like to have one-liners, little stories, and long stories. And the long stories are good for killing time because you could tell a long story and still make it funny. And people want to like hear a story. They want to engage with a story and focus their attention on what you're saying. Totally. But one-liners are good. Like you just throw them in there. You could throw them in there at any time. Um, so where I was going with that is that Norm always makes Adam Egret ask the dumbest fucking questions. Well, ask. It's always the same one. Um, where do you get your ideas? Yeah. <laughs> and. I'm just thinking of Norm who shits himself every time he has to make Adam ask that did stupid you see, did fucking Did you see him qu- ask Letterman that question? <laughs> what, what did Letterman say? I saw that episode. Letterman was like, <laughs> he started laughing <laughs> and he's like, you guys got me. <laughs> like I, like he, it broke him? I wonder if Norm is like, okay, Adam, because Adam is a... He's a like comedy store manager or something, right? There's a new documentary called The Comedy Store on Showtime. You should watch it. It's four episodes. It's amazing. All right, it's really, I really watch good. It. I love stand up comedy. And he's a part of it and you see the whole process of of Because he's like a serious, like successful guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like that show makes him look like the biggest idiot dumbass in the world. So I wonder if Norm's like, this is the part you're gonna play. Or they just I don't I don't know what it is. And I've also met Adam Egget because he comes here for just for laughs all the time. Okay. I've seen he always is wearing like a jean jacket clash thing. It's it's very rockabilly. He's a hilarious dude. Oh yeah, he's got kind of that slick back hair look. Sideburns. He's always always repping like the clash and and blondie and. Okay, uh, so he's like an '80s uh, new wave guy. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's exactly who he is. And if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see all he does is post 80s music. Okay. Well, he's got a brand. Yeah. That's his thing. And so how is he in person versus on that show? Uh, well, so that show, I didn't know anything about Adam Egget before I saw the Norm the Norm show. And I, I almost didn't like him because the character he is on that show is not really likable, not really intelligent, doesn't add anything to the whole dynamic. He just takes away from it. Because every second he talks is a second Norm's not talking or a second his guest isn't talking. Yeah. And I love Norm. I always want to hear him talking. I love his guests for the most part. And he gets he gets good interviews and he talks about shit that, you know, you don't get on Jimmy Fallon. Totally. But yeah, Adam didn't it didn't really add anything to for me, for the viewer of that show. And and in real life, he's a cool guy. He's okay. a cool guy, yeah. Because I figured maybe he's like booking the show. I'm sure he's doing something more than just being the yeah, village idiot. He's probably the, a producer and a booker, and he runs the comedy store. So I'm sure he gets a lot, a lot of the talent that from Norm's show on that from that. Of course, and then Norm just has him on being a complete idiot. Yeah, being the dumbest. But it doesn't get old when he asks, "Where do you get your ideas no, from?" No, it's cringe. It's very cringy, but cringy is in. Yeah, because it hits hard. Yeah. And especially since it's, I think it's a, a self-aware audience. Like you're not going to get like a passive, typical cat-loving social media person to watch like a norm interview. No. It's a very specific. For people who like comedy. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that the people who watch it appreciate that stupid character that Adam plays. Yeah. Man, I love, I, I, I can watch Norm. Have you, you've met Norm, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met Norm? Multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. It was, I, I it, was helped, it was so odd to meet him. Yeah, I helped in, uh, I think I helped write and produce a sketch that Rob Schneider did with Norm. And that was one of the highlights of my life for sure. What was the sketch? It was called The Gay Marriage Counselor. Okay. And, and uh, I think it's online. And so the sketch is... Uh, Rob is a marriage counselor and Norm is in a relationship with uh, another male. And, uh, and so the problem in their marriage that they're facing is uh, every time I, uh, I can't do Norm's voice right now, but every time he's like, every time I try to go to sleep, this guy, he just, all he wants is to fuck me in the ass. <laughs> and like, it's just that one note over and over again for two minutes. I'll show it to you. Okay. After. It's not okay. the best, but it was like, fun. no, it sounds great. You got to giggle really out of cool me. Experience. Look, Norm saying anything is hilarious. Yeah. The guy's a machine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I met him in person, it was just so odd because he was like, he's like kind of there, but not there. I don't know if you got this impression when you met him. Oh, we were wasted. I've met him multiple times. I, he wouldn't, he would recognize my face. I don't know if he would know my name, but he would know me. Okay. And I've, a few of the times I were out of control. Okay. Yeah, out of control. Okay. Cause yeah, he was, look, he's, he's like a hero of mine. Me too. It's so surreal. It, it is. And, and it's so, it's so weird because he's, it's not like he's really playing an act on TV. No. If anything on TV, he's more composed. I don't even think he's the, a good, a great actor. It's just who he is and that he is himself in, in most of the rules. Yeah, he just plays Norm. Yeah. He might have a different name, but even in Dirty Work, wasn't his name Norm? No, or was it? I, I think so. No, I don't, I don't know if it was Norm. Well, whatever it was. I just love seeing the guy. The guy just brings me joy. And it's almost like- Mitch. 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 It's Fuck. Mitch. Mitch. That's his name. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love Norm Macdonald. 
And uh, very cool that you got to meet him multiple times. Yeah, you too. Once. Just once. I'm sure you'll get Just me. once. I went to a comedy club. Because I wanted to, I wanted to hire him. Hey, John, if you're listening, uh, you arrange uh, at two p.m. Uh, <laughs> with Mick, Adam, and Norm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went to a comedy show, and I wanted to get him to do a Galactic Federation. Like, I wanted him to be. I don't know if you're familiar with Star Trek at all. Yeah. But let's say that when the big boss from the Federation calls Picard. Okay. And he comes up on the screen. Yeah. And he's wearing the outfit, and he's got the hat on, or not the hat. He's just. He's in this room and it's on the TV. I wanted Norm to film something that would be the beginning of like the show, oh, the beginning cool. of the live show. Nice. So he'd be dressed like a, a Federation guy. Just put him in front of a green screen and like have a 50% opacity. Like you're talking to holographic. Yeah. Kind it's of a live holographic feed. Of yeah. Him. Pretty much like that. And so what he would say is something like, all right, listen, no, I can't do Norm either. Um, I, you can, it just takes testing. Yeah. Right. So it, it was essentially... Uh, he was talking about a mission where you're going to go to this place called Earth and you're you're going to be born because that's the only way to smuggle you in is you're going to have to be born. And you're not going to know that you are on a mission. You're going to have to discover as you grow up on this planet Earth that you are on this mission. And you're going to have to literally unlearn everything that you've learned through your life there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you're going to remember what your mission is. So I'm like, all right, so what's the mission? He's like, all right, kid, have a good one. And then the show starts and that's the show. It's rock and roll. And it's essentially, he's saying, this is the game of life. And that's what you're, that's what you're going to do. But there was no real reason for the show to have him. Like there wasn't live show yet. There wasn't anything. It was, it was too early. I was time traveling, I guess. Yeah. The spacesuits are ready now. So whenever we need to do that, maybe we'll do that. But I feel like it would be cool. Yeah. And I like, you know, philosophy of, of life and what we're doing here and the goal and whatever the fuck it is. I like that stuff. I like dancing with that. So that's my, uh, that's my norm story. But he was funny when he was drinking uh, Shirley Temples. Oh, when I, when I was with him, he wasn't drinking Shirley Temples. <laughs> well, he said that he's never had a sip of alcohol in his life. <laughs> <sighs> maybe it wasn't. Maybe, maybe we weren't drinking. Maybe you weren't. It wasn't drinking. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. Me man. too. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Very strange. <laughs> All right, Adam Sand. So, when are there any comedy clubs that you're going to be are that are opening up? Because there was a, a brief opening. There right? was an opening. Yeah, but like, so I'm an asthmatic, and right now I'm living with my parents who are like elder, not elderly, but they're old. They're like uh, 70s, and my dad's 80. Okay. So it's like I don't. I'm not looking to take any sort of risk, even if it's a small one. And like, I, I, I had the idea of bringing my own microphone. Cause I also have a problem with sharing a microphone with people and you know, how many people talk into a microphone who's cleaning it, this so many things. So I was going to bring my own mic if I was going to do it. And then I was like, ah, what's the rush? You know, what's, what's the rush? Same reason I didn't go see tenant. Same reason I didn't do stand up when I could have. And a lot of people didn't do it. And a lot of people did do it. And both are good choices, but that going out to a comedy club and doing seven minutes or 10 minutes, I, I, I didn't need to do it. The, the cons outweighed the pros yeah. in your specific situation. And maybe it was a mistake, but I didn't, uh, I didn't go out and do it. Well, it didn't last too long anyway. No, it didn't. So fuck it. And also from what I heard with all the comics, 
there weren't that many people at the shows. Most most of the people at the shows were just the comics in the show and a few of their friends. But I think the, the majority of people were still uncomfortable with going out to comedy shows. Yeah, I feel it. Well, the only the only real reason I went to see Tenet was because it was Tenet. Yeah. And I'm mad that I didn't see like, it in an IMAX theater and I'm going to have to see it in a normal size television without Dolby surround sound 5.1, yeah. whatever. It's a, Christopher Nolan movies are meant to be seen in IMAX. It's an experience. Exactly. Every yeah. single one. Speaking of Christopher Nolan and Batman. Yeah. Did you see the new trailer? It's not much of a trailer, but I saw it and I- With I, the Battinson? Very promising. Really cool looking. Looked pretty awesome. Looked very awesome. And how great did that something in the way version from Nirvana sound in that? Uh, it was cool. I liked it. I loved it. I liked it. it a lot. It was super- like synthy at the end and explosive and cinematic and like sci-fi almost dare I say sci-fi grunge a la Michaud music. I was really into that. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked super cool. He looked great. The little action sequence was amazing. Oh, where he delivers the beating. Yeah. The, the I am vengeance thing. Kind of cheesy. He's it's that or I am Batman. I am Batman has been done too many times. Yeah, but it's fucking awesome. I'm sure he'll say it eventually. Right? Yeah. I'm Batman. I am Batman or Michael Keaton said that at some speech. Like, I don't know if it was like Stanford or Yale and he was giving some... They're like, dance, monkey, dance, say it. Yeah, and no, and at the end of the speech, and he's like, and if you remember anything that I had to say today, this is what I want you to remember. I'm Batman. That's great. And then the crowd just exploded and he walked off. That's amazing. Yeah, and he's like wearing like the hat and the fucking university outfit, you know, whatever the fuck... That 200-year-old outfit is? The, the pomp, uh, what's it called? The whole works, man. The pomp, pomp and gown? Yeah, the pomp and gown. So uh, you're working on a bunch of uh, bunch of ideas, a bunch of, bunch of movie stuff, right show now, stuff? Right now, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm working on a few shows. Uh, there was a whole bunch of like, submit your ideas during the pandemic to CBC had an initiative, Netflix had an initiative I submitted. Uh, but I, I didn't get accepted, but I had to, those were the deadlines. Th those two things had deadlines because it was like, you have until this day to submit to CBC or CTV or Netflix. So I, I busted out a bunch of show ideas and wrote treatments and treated them and had one pagers and all this shit. So I have that in, in the bank now. So I have more stuff to pitch. And then I'm working on these other shows right now that they're still being developed and written and a, and a film idea. All right. Yeah. And so I, I've dipped my toes in, in this kind of stuff. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I'm seeing it is it's, it's really about every project. It's almost like its own, uh, its own business plan. It's yeah. like who is working on it, who's attached to it. Not every uh, formula is the same. Each project, each project is its own universe yeah. of people and this and that. And it's, it's always a crapshoot. It's always a crapshoot and timing is everything. Cause like some of the stuff that I worked on that I was proud of, it's not relevant to the pandemic era that we're in right now. So it's like, that just goes on the shelf and maybe in two years it'll be more pitchable and more uh, receptive. But right now what studios and uh, networks are looking for is a little different than what it was a few years ago. Have they been vocal about that? Yeah. So what are they saying? They are looking for things that are, meant to be efficient with a closed set, few cast members, few crew. They're looking for like 
cheap pandemic type programming and they don't want it to be in a non-pandemic world. Okay, so it so the non-pandemic world. So yeah, the show because you're talking about production now and I totally understand it, it's that. A, it's a mix of both. Okay, but so the like, actual narrative as well should be kind of pandemic. It, it, yeah. So it's it's got to be a little bit self-aware. So like one of the show ideas was like a heavily green screen type sketch comedy show similar to like Tim and Eric. And I uh, I, I I really liked it. I, I it had a few tentative names. One of them was like Dumbified. Um and I think that's what I pitched it as. That's a great name. Yeah. And uh it was just like two guys who live at their parents' house and go to high go to high school with like a bunch of juniors, but they're adults. So like nothing makes sense. It's just like a crazy concept and you don't um acknowledge it it's just take it for what it is okay uh and it's just a whole lot of different scenarios that they go through it was short form narrative and it it, it was very awkward cringe type comedy <laughs> and i i love the idea but but uh it it didn't get picked up but that's doesn't mean it's not still pitchable you know but i don't know if this thing cuz it's this this idea was heavily it was meant for a green screen everything takes place in front of a green screen and we just keep changing the backgrounds and make it so wouldn't that absurd. be um great for right now great for right now right yeah but but it, so it didn't get picked up but now 2 years from now is that going to be what people want or are they going to want more to go back to the, like the whole entourage silicon valley type sitcom cuz do you think that this will change things forever this era mm, yes Right, I think yeah. so too. Yeah, in in terms of like Hollywood productions, at least for the rest of our generation's lifetime, because now we, we sort of have to be pre- prepared for something like this and be ready to go if something like this ever happens again. I I see it from the the economic standpoint of if you can make more efficient or cheaper content, yeah, that still slaps, then the budgets are just going to be drastically reduced. Exactly, and profits are going to be drastically inflated. Yeah. Well, that's the name of the game of business, right? Yeah. So if they're seeing that the pandemic is a perfect opportunity to learn how to make cheaper content, because reality shows do crazy good, and they do they have big sets? I guess they kind of do. Or they not. they do, but a lot of the uh, money goes into like testing and and protocols that have to do with testing right now. Like there's a movie shooting here in Montreal, and and people have to get tested four times a week. Every single person on set, if you're crew or cast, it's just nonstop. And there's all this protocol where you can't share your tools. X amount of people are allowed on set. A lot of people have to be in Zoom on set because they're not allowed to actually be on set. And it's just a lot of money is going into it, but at the same time, that budget's there because they have less workers on set. So it balances out at the end of the day. How about animation? animation i feel like time it's time for animation or what it is time for animation but from what i've seen like with south park and the simpsons and stuff like that they're going into every single cast member's house and setting up like a rig like this and everyone's doing their voice work from home i think family guy was doing that they were showing a special they had the producers go buy state-of-the-art sound recording stuff and go into every single cast member's home to set it up so that's that's retroactive but imagine you're building for it Mm mm-hmm so imagine you can set up this like lean operation of animation like from the ground up or maybe it's like only like two people are doing all the voice like who knows yeah but i i think that there's going to be a lot less there's going to be a lot smaller budgets moving forward 
overall. Probably. Because they're learning that they don't, perhaps they don't need all the frills. So many frills. So many frills. It's ridiculous what was going on before. So many frills. And now something put a huge halt to it. The uh, the ecosystem tends to regulate itself. Every hundred years or so, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when did the dinosaurs get regulated? Uh, 60 million years ago. Okay, yeah, 160 million, same thing. Is it, is it 100 million? I think it's, no, 65 million. 60, yeah, that's right. I remember hearing that. I, I only know that because of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Because the movies, you know how like Aliens movie was like, you, no one could hear you scream in space. Yeah. Jurassic Park's tagline was 65 million years in the making. Wow. Yeah, I think. And you know what's sure. great about 65 million years ago? It's four, like when you say four, that? Four million years away from 69 million years ago. Nice. No, but, well, yes, but also 10 years can pass, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. It's still 65 million years ago. It's not like, oh, no, it's 66 million years ago. Yeah. It's 65 pretty much forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. It's 65 million years ago. I like it a lot. It's crazy, yeah. All right, so Adam Sand. Yes. We're going to wrap things up here. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up? Okay. Unless you... uh Unless we talk about what else is is uh, what else is crossing your mind, good sir? I could. Uh, oh, you want me to tell a, a a really dumb joke? I would love that. Okay, let's hear let's hear a really dumb joke. So, um, you know, it's tough to date in this whole COVID world, but I've been uh, I've been on Tinder and I've been on Bumble, and uh, I matched with a pretty cute girl. And and uh, conversation is hard for me because I'm not a wordsmith. I'm not I'm not very intelligent. I'm pretty dull. And uh, so we started talking and obviously what else are we going to talk about, but education in school. And uh, so I was like, Hey, what, what I see you go to Concordia university. What do you study? And she told me she studied uh, finance and I was like, that's cool. And I'm not really the academic type. So I didn't know what to reply. So I panicked and she's like, what do you study? And I, I told her, uh, uh, fine grasshoppers. Nice. Very nice. That's an ass joke. It's an it's an ants joke. Oh fuck! Oh ass joke. Yeah, I thought I, I thought no. he heard it as. Oh, see, I'm an idiot. No, because fine ants. Fine ants. Yeah, yeah. Fine grasshopper. No, no. So I'll use that. Joke. I guess I'm even dumber than you are. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> but so I'll I'll set that up. That'll usually be my first joke when I do stand up set because it's like a false start because I'm a pretty dirty comedian on stage. I yeah, say yeah. horrible things. Yeah. But that's like a really bad dad joke. So they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I yeah. go into something horrible. So what would be your next? Okay, so, so, I, so that's a good joke. So that's a Tinder Bumble joke. And then if I'm staying on dating, I'll go to something where, uh, you know, Tinder right now, it, it's it's okay. And I'm, I'm trying to get matches. I'm not getting a lot of matches. But every now and then, you know how Tinder uh, sets ads up in between people? Like there'll be an ad for a car. I, d- I didn't know that they do that. And I, I thought... Uh, I matched with a car. I was really excited. I, I've always wanted to fuck a car. And I thought, finally, Tinder is telling us it's okay to fuck a car. So I, I swiped right when I saw a Chevy. And then they tried to fucking, they gave me a number to a car garage, and I called up the car garage, and I was talking to the salesman, and I was asking him about the car and what I got to do to warm it up and how big the circumference is on the exhaust pipes. And he was like, why are you asking all these fucking questions? And I was like, well, I fucking matched with one of your cars on Tinder. When do I pick it up? And uh, he told me I'm a fucking idiot. All right. But that's not as bad as the time I they were serving me an ad for dogs. And I didn't know it was an ad, and I swiped right. I was a basset hound, too. I've always 
always wanted a fucking basset hound. And anyways, I called up the breeder and I'm like, hey, I matched with one of your dogs on Tinder. And they're like, no, you fucking didn't. We paid for that ad to be served to you. We paid money. And I was like, that's a fucking ad? And they're like, yeah. Anyways, it was, it was just an ad. I didn't, I didn't, thought, I thought I was matching with a car and a, and a, and an animal, but, but like, man, don't, don't, don't fuck with me like that. Tinder stop serving me ads. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Don't confuse the, the, the customer. That's not even a joke. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm see, I, I went out, I bought kibbles. I thought I, we were going to have a great date. I got kibbles. Are there, are there kibbles to make dogs hornier? Like uh, specific kinds? Oh no! Hey, what is it? Is it still? Do you still use the term raw dog when you're raw dogging a dog? Uh, I guess it serves its purpose, but yeah, raw dog. Where did the term raw dog come from? Was that someone fucking a dog? I have no idea. I have no idea. Raw dog. Because yeah. that's, that's what the term that is used. Why isn't it raw? Like, do, have you ever raw-catted someone? Uh, once. What is that? It wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. But raw dog. I don't know. Was it? Was someone just say like, yeah, fucked a raw dog, and then it just got turned into a raw dog? May, maybe it has to do with doggy style. But, but even then, why is it doggy style and not like cat or lamb style? Like, aren't there a whole lot of animals that position themselves like that? Yeah, but maybe we just have more exposure to dogs. Oh, we do. You know, like we see them, they're, they're in our house. I don't know too many people with lambs. <laughs> okay. I, I, or llamas. Or emu. Emu style is a sexual position that I would want to do. I would want to try that. So have you been on Tinder for real during the pandemic? I have, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, 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 I don't know yeah. anything. It was, it's really shit because I, I, I matched with a, a, <laughs> a, vacuum a, a car. A car. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, no, I've been on it. It's, it's, there's not that much activity going on. You get matches, but everyone just wants to chat. No one wants to meet up. I don't even really want to meet up with strangers that I don't know because that's a risk. Uh, but I had one video Tinder date. I wouldn't say it's a date, but the girl's like, Hey, we've been chatting a bit. You should we video chat? And it went well, but like, ultimately I'm not going to meet her anywhere. I'm not taking, we're not going for a restaurant. We're not going to get drinks. So like it's getting cold outside. We're not going to walk around a park. I think uh, it's like Tinder and dating for us single folk right now is going into hibernation and and we're either awaiting uh, this vaccine or next summer when we could go on walks in parks. Especially with this this climate. Yeah. Okay. It's it's really, the winter is going to be bad. Prepare yourself. Well, you got this nice place, so you're fine. But. Yeah, I've got this place. I've got my little circle. But like the summer wasn't so bad because we could go out into it was parks so beautiful, and, and man. picnic and like everyone could be six feet away in a park. But in minus 30 in, in Canada, no, that's not happening. If people are six feet away, they're going to die. You yeah. need that body heat. You need that body heat. So do you have a like a, a close circle of people that you've been seeing? Um, I have two friends I've been seeing. Okay. And and then, uh, yeah, that's about it. And I, I, I went... To my brother's for dinner the other night. He has he's got four kids, so I'm nervous going there, and I don't I don't like going there, but I also like miss miss them, so I gotta go see them, and I'll try to stay away from the kids, but it's tough because they're kids and they just want to like jump up on me and cough in my face. Yeah, yeah. Because when I when I ran the company, you know, all those years ago, flu season came around, and all the a lot of employees had their kids in preschool yeah, or whatever where germs get transferred and right? that's where everyone 
everyone was getting sick all the time. Everyone was always sick. Every every fall or autumn. Who the fuck says autumn? Yeah. Who says that? You got to be a special case to say autumn. 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 Yeah. But in the, in the fall, everyone got sick. And uh, there's no different now. Kids are just, kids spread that shit like crazy. And kids are going to school. And and they are. And I my brother told me that um, this just, just this week, because uh, the school has to tell you what's going on there. They don't name names, but they'll be like, okay, there was a COVID kid in another class. So everyone in that class got sent home for two weeks. Or um, something that happened this week is a, another kid in my niece's school but not in her class and not in her age set so they never see each other one of their parents just got tested for covid so that whole class is out and and they're talking about shutting down schools again over here but it's crazy because whenever a kid has a sniffle they have to go get a covid test right now and in winter like you said flu's also going to be an active uh thing going around also so I don't know. It might get messy, but hopefully we could fucking cross our fingers. Yeah, well, it's this. definitely going to get messy. Yeah. I think it's already messy. It's, it's, it's extremely messy. It's messy. So you better be bringing a bucket and a mop. Yes. You better. You better. You'll need it. Double double up that soap, my friend. Yeah. Because uh, it ain't going to be pretty. No. Um, a friend of mine said that they're thinking about closing schools for about a month yeah. during, during the holidays. Yeah, it makes sense. But it sucks for parents, or especially working parents, middle-class working parents. It's like, what the fuck are they going to do? Yeah. It's all fucked up. Yeah. That's why, I'm, I look, I can only uh, sympathize. Yeah, all the kids I have, I don't know about, except for three. Perfect. And how are they doing? They're the in, three. They're in Alaska. Oh, good. Yeah. Anchorage? Yeah. Nice. Great place. I went on a cruise there once. Me too. Oh, isn't that where I met you? Yeah. You don't remember Bessie and Linus? Fuck. Yeah, Bessie had three of my kids, bro. Oh, old Bess. Good old Bess. Who knew she could still pop kids, huh, at 55? Yeah, you, you that's, that, that, honestly, these kids are sort of your, your fault, because you're like, dude, she's 55, you could rock at her. <laughs> Very nicely done. Yeah. Very nicely done, rock at her. All right, so Adam Sen, we heard your, we heard your philosophies on reincarnation. Yeah. And uh, the dolphin race of the interdimension. Yes. We we heard your uh, bad jokes. We heard your bad jokes they, that I that I liked. See, so those jokes, yeah. I they're funny and there's something funny to them, but I haven't been on stage with them in so long that I'm like, they may not hit, you know. But I don't know because I'm not, I'm not uh, like swinging. Well, it's every it's day. a different thing, like a one person audience versus a room, because yeah. you can say like the whole time during your stories, you're saying stupid. Yeah. Rid, like ridiculous. ridiculous. I wouldn't say stupid. I said, well thought out, ridiculous stuff, but there's still the, the, how do you go from a to B to C to D to E while keeping the attention and being funny. For example, the, the, the Tinder swiping with a dog and a car thing. I've been working on that. I haven't done that live. That's like a something I wrote during COVID. I think it's really funny and there's something to it, but I still don't know the, the best way to deliver it. And I won't know that best way until I do it in front of a fucking live audience and like see the people reacting to each word that I say. And how to punch them. Where do I pause? Where do I punch? Where do I leave them hanging? Do I say rocket? You know? Yeah. Is that part of it? I don't know. You, you're, you, we, we have, we think the same thing is funny, so it's different. Like I'm expecting you to laugh and also you're the host of the show and you don't want to leave your guest 
not laughing. Yeah, I want to be like, know? I hate that joke. Yeah, <laughs> but you. I don't ever want to hear that you again. Should, I would play off that if you told me that. I would. That would be fun. Like this is what would make it funny. Yeah, we'd go into improv if you used to do something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, we did that a couple of times. Yeah, with Bessie. Yeah, with Bessie and uh, our shower demonstration. That wasn't a joke. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was. It, sure oh, as, sure as hell wasn't a joke before. Oh, they're listening. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. No, no. There's no jokes here. There's no jokes here, my friend. So what else? What else did we cover on this? Uh, this we music movies, music movies. The the origin of our personalities. Yes, we'll never really know where it comes from. But all we all it is is that we are who we are. That's... Right? We heard your stand up. Some of it. Where can people find you? The... Where can people watch you Twitch stream? Okay, so uh I am the Adam Sand Show across all platforms. Oh, that's pro, bro. It's great. It's great. On Twitch, my uh my Discord server is called the Ass Gang because ASS is Adam Sand Show. So <sighs> So if you're if you're a fan of Adam Sand and the Adam Sand Show, you're a member of the Ass Gang, baby. So that reminds me of numerology and how things are meant to be and astrology and all that stuff. Yeah. That was an afterthought. I came ass. up with Adam Sand Show first, and then then Ass Gang uh, was was birthed out of those ashes. Okay. And uh, and there, there there may be another YouTube channel that I'm opening up soon. Okay. What's going to be the focus on that? Uh, sketch comedy, comedy, gaming comedy. Okay. Dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. And so how's the Twitch streaming been going? It's going, it's going. It's not, it's, I got to, it's, it's a slow grind, you know? So I'll make appearances on shows that have a lot of people and people will follow me off of that. But then when I stream, I'll get like anywhere to from five to 20 viewers. And I had a uh, 30 subs, which is decent. And every now and then some, there's this one guy in California who keeps donating 50 bucks whenever I stream. Really? Yeah. So it's like. Elon? Not Elon. This this guy named uh, D74D. He's chill. Shout out to D74D. Thanks for all the donos, baby. Shout out. Yeah. D74D? Yeah, he keeps giving me 50 bucks. And what's cool is all the He's donos. buying what you're selling, brother. He told he said this money's for a haircut, but I haven't gotten a haircut yet. Oh. And yeah, he's buying what I'm selling, which is bullshit. And uh yeah, Adam Sancho Twitch. Okay. Instagram, Twitter. So Adam Sancho, not the Adam Sancho. The Adam Sancho. The Adam Sancho. Yeah. At the Adam Sancho. At I love that. Adam very Sancho. concise, very yeah. nice. The Adam Sancho. I love it. I'm starting to experiment with Discord a little bit too. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good place to like have a community of people. And they're not necessarily talking about you or your music, but they're talking to each other and to you about whatever the hell they want to be talking about. That is the goal. Yeah. Because I don't want to be the 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 cult guy who's like addressing the people. I just want to have a place like that's why that's why I created the Galactic Federation of Time Travelers. That's what it is, yeah. and I think mine's gonna be called the Fifth Dimension, and it's where just a bunch of Looney Tunes who are into philosophy and music talk and about it, yeah. good times. They can just shoot the breeze with each other. It's really cool. It's it's interesting how many people will go into servers and they'll all start like a voice chat or video chat and just hang out. Can you have a video chat within Discord? Yeah. So they have all that shit Dude, set up? Some nights I'll be in Discord chats, private chats with like 12 people and we're all on video. And it's like we're all doing nothing and playing video games. And whenever someone talks, we talk. It's just like hanging out. Really? It's crazy. Wow. So I, I've been having a really hard time uh, giving a shit about uh, email lists and emails and all that stuff because it just, it just sucks. Yeah. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. I don't even open emails from people who I like. Me neither. Right? So if Discord can be a nice place where not only can I 
you know, post my stuff when it's time to come out. But where there's this community of the time travelers who are there talking about whatever they want to talk about and sharing links and doing all this great stuff. That's the place to do it. It's really a phenomenon. It's crazy. So I'm very excited. I, I was at, at a meeting this morning about that stuff and all kinds of other crap like that. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, Discord is, is the way to go. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. And then you, you have people dropping in and dropping out. Some people on Discord will uh, open a video chat and just have their camera on them as though they're streaming, but they're not streaming. They're just in Discord. And you could just, if you're in their server, you could just join the call and be there and be like, oh, I'm here now. Let's talk about this. It's really, it's also addictive because when you, you're in a call with 12 people at 4 a.m., it's hard to be like, okay, I'm going to sleep now because you just want to like participate and be active and have a conversation. Yeah, it's 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 so new to me and so foreign that I don't even know what to expect. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you on my phone right after we're, we've wrapped. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So is there anything else that you'd like to plug or like to promote, my I'd, friend? I'd like to plug a certain hole in your body, my friend. You know what? I think that'd feel good. Okay. That'd feel really Let's nice. So it. maybe after you show me Discord, yeah, you can show me that hole you want to plug. After I show you Discord, I'll show you Dick Sword. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and my name is Misho, and you can find me at Misho on Instagram. I'm going to start a Discord. If you like hot sauce that's lightly smoked, then you can try Smoke Show Hot Sauce. Mm, delicious. I've tried that so many times. Discount code or promo code Misho. How do you spell that? M-I-S-C-H-O. Oh, are there, what flavors do they have right now? They have a lightly smoked, slightly smoked jalapeno hot sauce. They have Ooh. a lightly smoked jalapeno barbecue Ooh. hot sauce. They've got a lightly smoked jalapeno aioli. That sounds nice. They've got a... Uh, that sounds like it would go good with calamari. It does go well yeah. with calamari. Jeez. Fucking right. Yeah. They have also have uh, spice blends. They have, um, what do you call it? The like seasoning, like steak spices. Okay. Chicken and fish rubs. Wow, they've got a lot of product now. A lot of product. And the Dijon is coming. So uh, smokeshowsauce.com Crazy. for your fixings. And uh, the greatest album of all time is coming soon. And that's all I can say. Is it going to be bigger than The Coming of Christ? Of course. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, it's going to be bigger than The Coming of Christ. Yeah, okay. That's what Tom DeLonge told me to say. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so this, uh, this album is coming out. The podcast is out. Thank you, everyone, for watching. If you can you know, like the podcast or follow or subscribe to the podcast or leave, um, leave a comment or a rating... That would be amazing. And if you leave a comment and a rating and you take a screenshot and you send it to me, to my Instagram DMs or wherever you can find me, then I will hook you up with a birthday card. Oh, that's so nice. Or a Christmas card, whichever one comes first. And uh, Adam Sand, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Hey, man. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure and thank you for inviting me. Hey, you're a beautiful soul. Yeah. You're a beautiful guy and you, I'm envious of your hair. So for everyone listening to this, you should go see this because at 45 minutes, the hair is free. It comes out. I whip out the hair. Yeah, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Well, all right. Well, that's it, my man. Take her easy. Take her care. And uh, all the members of the Galactic Federation, I shall see you soon. Have a good one, everyone.